about my left, and having done so, uh, urge delegates uh, to observe a moment of silence for prayer or meditation. Um, Honorable Delegates, uh, uh, let me remind you uh, of the processes uh, and the rules. Uh, So before we proceed, I would like to remind all delegates of the rules leading to virtual and hybrid meetings and sittings in particular, sub-rules 21, 22, 23, mm. and of rule 1, which provides as, as, as follows, that the hybrid the sitting of the National Council of Provinces, that delegates in the hybrid sitting enjoy the same powers and privileges that apply in the sitting of the National Council of Provinces, that for purposes of a quorum, all delegates who are locked onto the pl- virtual platform shall be considered present. That delegates must switch on their videos if they want to speak. Delegates who experience connectivity issues are encouraged to use this, a still photograph for identification on the virtual platform. That delegates on the virtual platform are encouraged to log on with one device only, as logging on on with two or more devices further lowers the the bandwidth. That delegates should ensure that the microphones on the gadgets are muted and must always remain muted unless they are permitted to speak. That all delegates in the chamber must insert their cards to register on the chamber system. That delegates who are physical in the chamber must use the floor microphones that all delegates may participate in the discussions through the chat room. In addition, I would like to remind delegates that the interpretation facility is active. Permanent delegates, members of the executive, special delegates, and SALGA representatives on the visual platform are requested to ensure that the interpretation facility on their gadgets are properly activated to activated to facilitate access to the interpretation services, uh, and that permanent delegates, special delegates, saga representatives, and members of the executive in the chamber should use the interpretation gadgets on their desks to access the interpretation facilities. Honorable delegates, before we proceed, I would like to take this opportunity to welcome the Minister of uh, Transport, uh, welcome permanent delegates, welcome MECs, all special delegates and SALGA representatives to the House. Um, we therefore 
proceed uh, to motions. Um, so we'll start with the notices of motions. Uh, just to remind, remind members, uh, on the allocation of time is 20 minutes. Uh, sometimes we spend uh, way beyond 20 minutes uh, to accommodate members. Uh, please note that it's supposed to be 20 minutes. Um, uh, and then please use the raise your hand function uh, so that we are, we are properly noted uh, by all presiding officers um, so that indeed uh, our proceedings uh, become better. Uh, and if you exceed the time limit, uh, what is really supposed to happen is that uh, when no time expires, uh, you're supposed to be told in very clear terms that the motion will be printed in, in, in full on the next order paper. Uh, uh, so, honorable members, any notice of motion, please indicate. Uh, let's start this side. Uh, so we'll start with yourself. One, two, three. Oh, oh, one, two, three, four. And then five in somewhere. In that order. Wait. Thank you, Honorable Chair. On behalf of the Freedom Front Plus, I hereby give notice that during the next ordinary sitting of the House, I will move that the House debates the dire state of water quality in the Vol River system, the impact, the sub-regulation of the Vol River, River flow by the Vol River Barrage Reservoir has on the Vol River, agriculture and tourism in the Free State as well as the Northwest Provinces, as well as early warning systems regarding floods in the Vol River system. I so move. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, the next person is, is Malika. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. I hope I hope I move on behalf of the African National Congress that the House, in its next sitting, debate mechanism, geared at promoting sustainable use of water resources, including smart agriculture in order to mitigate the impact of the climate change. I so move. Thank you very much. We'll proceed to Honorable Barbara. Thank you very much, Honorable Chairperson. Uh, Chairperson, I move on behalf of the African National Congress that the House in its next setting debates acceleration and strengthening of the implementation of a national plan of action to deal with the rising levels of crime such as kidnapping, human trafficking. I so move Honorable Chairperson. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Bibi? Uh, thank you very much, Chairperson. And uh, this motion, uh, I'm moving it on behalf of Um I hope I move uh, on behalf of the African National Congress that the House in its next sitting debates strengthening partnership with the private sector in infrastructure finance and technical support to assist in accelerating 
the delivery of basic services across the country, especially in rural and poorly resourced municipalities. I so move, Chairperson. Thank you very much, Uh, Thank you, Chairperson. I hereby move on behalf of the economic freedom fighters that this council know that residents of the Tsobotla were reallocated by the Tsuayin local municipality to an open section of Ahisangan Ward 8 almost 14 years ago with the promise of suitable housing development and to date have not been provided with housing. To further note that Section 26 of the Constitution grants everyone the right to access to adequate housing and for the site to take steps to ensure that over time and as resources became available, people have access to adequate housing. Recognize that the people of the Zobatla are forced to live in the most unhuman condition with access to running water, toilets, and adequate shelter, and that they are makeshift shacks and regularly thrown away by storm winds and burned to ashes by the field fires, resulting in the loss of the entire access to of the water and vulnerable people. Acknowledge that Swahili local municipality should prioritize the development of suitable housing for the forgotten people of the Tsobota as a matter of urgency. The economic freedom fighters call on the Ngakamudiremalema municipality, the Tsuayi local municipality, as a water and a sanitation service authorities and the Northwest uh, Department of Human Settlement to intervene Mrana and Mrana. provide the improvement. That, 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 that motion of yours is too long to be a motion, uh, to be a notice of, yeah. of motion. I so uh, move. Chairperson A is what I have to retain. Yeah. <laughs> because... Uh, where I was, it is like that. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. We 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 know we know the motion. Thank you very much. Thanks so much. Uh, but I've I've said before, uh, uh, honourable members and uh, delegates, that uh, the whips should note that uh, uh, members uh, tend to to confuse notices of motion. Uh, with motion without without notice, and and that they should uh, uh, empower and train members accordingly. Uh, we have said this over and over again. It's very very important that we do that. Uh, that same motion could have been read uh, and articulated very briefly, without going into too much too much detail. Uh, uh, no, thank you very much. Uh, I guess there's no other notice of motion. Um, and that being the case, we then move on to uh, motions without without notice. Um, uh, yes, yes, uh, uh, Baron West. Thank you, Honourable Chair. 
for recognizing me first. Appreciate it. Uh, so on behalf, what what what's your motion? Is it on behalf of the Democratic Alliance? What kind of motion is that? It's a motion without notice. Okay. Thank you, Chair. <laughs> on behalf of the Democratic, so we'll, we'll start with you. Just a minute. We'll start with you. Go right at the back. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven. Jadu. Uh, then, then Jadu. Uh, so let Jinjadu. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, noted. Uh, so we we'll, we'll start with Barnost. Thank you, Honourable Chair. Honourable Chair, on behalf of the, of the Democratic Alliance, I hereby move without notice that this council send their warmest congratulations to the Springbok rugby team for reaching the finals in the Rugby oh, World yeah. Cup of 2023. Noting that the team has continued throughout this contest to be exemplary ambassadors for South Africa, despite best efforts of certain opposition players to tarnish this. But the Springboks have, through hard work and perseverance, proven to all South Africans that one should never give up and that the game only ends when the final whistle blows. That the team, the coaching staff and support staff have given the South Africans the most precious gift, which taken into account everything that weighs heavy on the daily lives of all living in this beautiful country, a gift that makes us all look at the future through another lens, the gift of hope. We, as one country, are united behind our beloved Springboks in the shared hope that they will bring the Rugby World Cup Home again, once more, where it belongs. Whatever the result of this weekend's final, we will be forever grateful to our Springbok team for uniting all South Africans in our shared excitement and support for their courageous efforts. Go, Boka! I so move. Yes. No, 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 thank you very much. Um, any objection to the motion? No objection. Uh, there being no objection, the motion is agreed to in terms of section 65 of the Constitution. Um, we will move on to Honorable uh, uh, Christian. Professor, sorry, Honorable Professor at the back. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Chair. On behalf of the Democratic Alliance, I hereby move without notice that this Council notes the most destructive and damaging fire season ever recorded, ever recorded in the history of the Northwest Province. Lives and livelihoods were threatened, causing the complete destruction of 1.2 million hectares of farmland in the Northwest Province. Recognizes that these fires, driven by high strong winds, overwhelmed communities and fire associations' capacity to cope with their resources alone. The disaster department failed to act with needed support at crucial times. Acknowledge the Department of Disaster's insufficient capabilities and resources to effectively manage the impact of disaster threatening the lives of our communities, our food security and our environment. Request urgent intervention to transport needed fodder to prevent another pending disaster in the effort to save the 170,000 heads of cattle 
who survived and calls for the Northwest Premier and the MEC of Department of Agriculture and relevant stakeholders to intervene and prioritize urgently needed assistance, considering the impact on food security to, to save the remaining livestock. I so move. Thank you, Chair. No, thank you very much. I'll try and follow this other uh, list that I have here. Uh, but let's see if, 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 it, if it, 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 it assists me somewhat. Honorable Boshoff. Thank you, Honorable Chair. On behalf of the DR, I hereby move without notice that this council notes with concern that once again, Leidenberg, a town in the Tabatio constituency, was targeted on Friday, 19 October 2023 at 0.30 when seven men bombed and robbed both the quest garage at the head centre and the engine centre, a mere 400 metres from the head centre. Further notes that not only were the convenience shops robbed, but the liquor store at Checkers, situated at the head centre, was also looted and robbers got away with boxes of liquor. Again notes that in May 2023, the town of Kraskorp was held hostage when armed robbers targeted the spa and spa liquor outlet, the Shell convenience shop, as well as the ATM at these premises and got away with 30000 in cash and an undisclosed amount of goods. Notes that these shops are a mere 500 metre from the local SAP's office, with SAP officers only arriving at the scene of the crime an hour after the incidents. Further notes that the town of Haskop was cut off from outside wall as these criminals closed off the three exits from town. Again notes that in August 2023, the Total Garage and Steers Convenience Shop in Leidenburg was targeted and the robbers got away with an undisclosed amount of money and goods. Further notes that to date, no report has been received from the SAPs regarding the outcome of the investigations into these attacks. Notes that a young girl, Megan Chrysler, was fatally wounded during the attack on Friday night when she was mistaken as being part of a security company doing their nightly rounds. Calls upon the SAPs in the province to speed up their investigations into these attacks and to further request extra manpower vehicles for this constituency to ensure visible policing in order to minimize these attacks and further loss of lives. And finally, request that this house observes a moment of silence for the family and friends of Megan Chrysler, who was sensibly robbed of fulfilling any of her future dreams. I so move. Any objection to the motion? No objection. There being no objection, no objection the motion is therefore uh, agreed to in terms of section 65 of the of the constitution. Uh, uh, I hope we've done the process well in relation to a motion by Honorable Fessel. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I, I doubt if we, if we did what you're supposed to do. One of us can we let us let, consider a motion as tabled. I want to find out if there's, 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 there's any objections. No, the motion. it's that I already delivered. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Chief. Any objection to the motion? Not that, no, 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 no objection. Therefore, it's agreed to in terms of section five of the constitution. Uh, let's pro proceed to Honorable Ryder. Thank you very much, yes. Chairperson. On behalf of the Democratic Alliance, I hereby move without notice that this council notes 
that the matric exam season gets underway this week, that we wish all of those writing these exams a successful outcome, that we encourage all matriculants to work hard with a final push to achieve their best outcome, that this House encourages all those who are feeling overwhelmed and depressed to seek assistance from a supportive friend, teacher, or adult, that we also remember the many other scholars gearing up for exams and encourage them to continue at least to matric in spite of the odds stacked against them, and that we call on President Ramaphosa not to repeat the same mistake made recently by the French government and to rather recall Minister Angie Mocheka, who has been the wrecking ball of education since 2009, presiding over the decimation of the system, the latest revelation being that only 55% of grade 6 teachers can read at the level of a grade 4 pupil. I so move. Uh, any objection to the motion? I object, Chairperson. Uh, so the motion, there being an objection, the motion may not be proceeded with and will be, become a, not, a notice of a, of a motion. Thank you very much. Uh, let's proceed to Honorable Bibi. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much, Chairperson. <laughs> I hereby move with that notice. How can I miss you when we're here? <laughs> I love you, Baba, too. <laughs> Please proceed. Thank you very much, Chairperson. I hereby move without notice on behalf of the African National Congress that the House commends the police in Guazulu Natal for making a massive drug bust on Wednesday, 18th October 2023. And also notes that police found a large amount of cocaine worth around 70 million aboard a vessel at the Devon Harbor. And also understands that uh, a large amount uh, of that cocaine came from Brazil and was headed to an unknown location in the Gauteng. Furthermore, uh, further notice um, that he believes that Drugs are a serious threat to the freedom and dignity of South Africans and are the cause of violent crimes that wreak havoc in South Africa, in, in South African communities. Therefore, urge law enforcement agencies to do everything in their power to ensure that those who are behind smuggling drugs are brought to book. I saw move chairperson. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, any objection to the motion? None. Being uh, no objection, there being no objection, the motion is agreed to in terms of Section 65 of the of the Constitution. Um, we'll now move on to Honorable Ndongin. Thank you, Chairperson. Good afternoon. I hereby move without notice on behalf of the African National Congress that the House welcomes the announcement by the passenger rail agents of South Africa on the resumption of passenger train service between UTNH and Gabeja in the Eastern Cape. Knows that the service returned on Monday, 16 October 2023, and runs in the morning and afternoon and costs a flat fee of nine rand. 
also notes that the investment in rail infrastructure seeks to ensure a safe, reliable and cheap mode of, tra- of transport. Believe that the resumption of the service is a welcome relief of the communal- commuters seeking an affordable mode of transport and therefore applaud the passenger rail agents of South Africa for resuming the train service in the most important region. I so moved. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you very much. Any objection to the motion? No, none. And there being no objection, the motion is therefore agreed to in terms of Section 65 of the Constitution. We'll proceed to Honorable Muima. Uh, thank you, uh, National Chairperson of the National Council of Province, uh, Rema Sondo. Uh, I hereby move without notice on behalf of the African National Congress that the House welcomes the arrest of seven suspects at the Merton Licensing Center in Midval on suspicion of issuing driving license fraudulently on Friday, 20th October, 2023. Secondly, that the House knows that the officials at that center issued heavy duty driving license to applicants who are not even present to do the test. Further knows that they also colluded for the driving school operators to have intermediaries write learner license tests on behalf of the applicants. And one of the officials was found worth more than 30,000 in cash, which is believed to be proceeds of the suspected criminal activity. Further knows, believes that the corruption is a deep embedded cancer that permeates all levels of society and supports all measures that are geared at cracking down on corruption and therefore commends the law enforcement agencies swift action in uprooting corruption. I so move. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. Uh, an objection to the motion? No, thank you very much. There being no objection, the motion is therefore agreed to in terms of Section 65 of the Constitution. Uh, Honorable Nkosi. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable uh, Chairperson. I hereby move without notice on behalf of the African National Congress that the Council notes that the South, South Africa played England in both the cricket World Cup and the Rugby World Cup on the 21st of October 2023. Further notes that this was a unique occurrence in the sporting calendar and a major feat for sports-loving nations like South Africa. And take this opportunity to congratulate both the Proteus and the Springboks for defeating their opponents, England, last Saturday. We therefore wish the Proteus well in the next matches and the Springboks in the final against the against the All Blacks on Saturday. I so move. Thank you, Chairperson. A responsibility. Remind members that we have a responsibility to ensure that we don't table a, a similar motion. 
uh, over and over again. So um, the reason why I've allowed this motion to to be uh, tabled uh, is because it speaks largely of cricket. And so uh, it's not the same motion as the one that was uh, 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 tabled by Honorable Baron Host earlier on. Honorable Ryder. Thank you very much, Chair. Um, just a small issue. The YouTube feed is not functional. There are people trying to, uh, members of the public, trying to tune in and watch what we're doing. Um, if we can just have a look and see if there's a problem with the YouTube feed. Thank you, Chair. Uh, we'll request, request the table to attend to, to the issue. Uh, we'll then proceed to Honorable uh, Shaikh. Thank you very much, Honorable Chaperson. I have move without notice on behalf of the African National Congress that the House welcomes the arrest of five suspects in connection with gang-related killings in Westbury, Johannesburg. Notes that included among the arrested suspects is a man believed to have shot and killed anti-gang unit member Morris, who was gunned down while interviewing a witness of another murder in the area. Also believes that successful arrest and prosecution of more suspects who are involved in heinous crimes will bring real closure to the families and restore confidence in the criminal justice system. Calls for a successful prosecution and more rounding up of the remaining suspects behind the murders of innocent people. And congratulate the police for a job well done in investigating and arresting the five suspects thus far. I so move. Thank you. Thank you very much. An objection to the motion? None. There being no objection, the motion is therefore agreed to in terms of section 65 of the Constitution. We'll proceed to Honorable Nsube. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Honorable Chairperson, allow me to rise on behalf of the ANC that this August House knows with concern the ongoing violent conflict between Israel and Palestine. The war does not only undermine international law and human rights and culture, but also threatens the world's peace. Women and children are most affected as the weak and vulnerable in this war. Believing that the end of believing that the end of the occupation of Palestine by Israel will go will go a long way towards lasting peace in the region. Therefore, calls for the 147th Interparliamentary Union Assembly to call for immediate ceasefire between the warring parties, establish interparliamentary missions to mediate between warring parties, call for the immediate withdrawal of Israel from Gaza. I so move, Chairperson. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Any objection to the motion? There being no objection, the motion is therefore agreed to in terms of section section 65 of the Constitution. Um, We'll proceed to Honourable Christians. Thank you, Honourable Chairperson. On behalf of the Democratic Alliance, I hereby move without notice that this council notes the deeply entrenched corruption paralyzing healthcare services across the Northern Cape Province for the past two decades, with irregular expenditures amounting to a staggering 9.3 billion rand. Draws attention to extensive corruption, including irregularities, related to the new mental health hospital and other questionable practices within the health department. Calls upon the Minister of Health to cease 
harboring individuals implicated in criminal activities within the health system and to suspend the implicated officials in the Northern Cape during the ongoing investigations. Recognizes the imperative of providing the people of the Northern Cape with quality health care they are entitled to and emphasizes that health care is a fundamental right and must not be exploited for personal interests, but rather must serve the needs of the sick and vulnerable. I so move. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you very much, Honorable Christian. Uh, any objection to the motion? There being no objection, the motion is therefore agreed to in terms of Section 65 of the Constitution. Um, uh, uh, we have covered Honorable Ngozi. Are there any Jadu. other motions? Jadu. Without notice? Jadu, yes, Honorable Njadu. Please proceed. Uh, good afternoon, Honorable Chairperson. Um, I hereby move without notice on behalf of the African National Congress that the Council notes with sadness the devastating heavy rain and winds uh, that have caused deaths and destroyed more than 100 houses in the province of KwaZulu-Natal. Further notes that the South African weather services had issued an orange level 6 warning for disruptive rains and severe thunderstorms in KwaZulu-Natal for the past weekend. Also note that the the provincial disaster management teams have responded swiftly to respond to infrastructure and home damages. Express a message of condolences to the families that lost their loved ones as a result of the thunderstorm in Tuba Tuba. I so move. Thank you very much, Chairperson. We'll move to Honorable Moss. Honorable Moss, virtual. Yeah. Uh, Honorable Moss, going, going, gone. Here. Yes, Jefferson. Oh, okay. <laughs> Please I proceed. Hereby, <laughs> yes. I hereby move without notice on behalf of the African National Congress that the council note that the African at the National Assembly sitting on the 19th of October 2023, voted to appoint Advocate Koleka to be, to be the public protector of South Africa. Further note that the Advocate uh, Koleka's strong performance during the interviews for public protector demonstrated an inspiring vision for the office. Believe that during the period he was acting as public protector, Advocate demonstrated skill and competitiveness to perform the assigned duties without fear, favor, or political basis. Acknowledge that appointment of advocate shows that the confidence and commitment of the Parliament to women's empowerment as she is the third black female occupied that office in three successive terms. Take this opportunity to congratulate uh, advocate on her appointment and visa 
a six, successful term. I so move to a person. Thank you. Now, thank you very much, Honorable Moss. Any objection to the motion? Object. Where is the objection coming from? Oh, it right. Uh, there we are, honorable members. Um, maybe just before I, I, or maybe I should start by saying that there being an objection, uh, the motion may not be proceeded with and will become a notice of, uh, of a motion. But I want to warn members that uh, uh, we must not create a cul-de-sac for our proceedings. Uh, because if we object uh, in a way that paralyzes uh, the work of of, of the council, uh, it really could create some difficulties. It's just a comment. Uh, hope that it is taken to heart and members really reflect quite deeply uh, on it. Um, we will proceed, honorable members, uh, to the next part of our uh, proceeding, um, and, 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 and that is the first order, uh, uh, consideration of the Municipal Fiscal Powers and Functions Amendment Bill, B21B-2022, National Assembly Section 75, and report of Select Committee on Finance there, thereon. And I now call on Honorable uh, Mama Rekhane, member of the Select Committee on Finance, to present a committee report. Eriko Dumedice, Motompe Modula Stulo, Dumedice Motompe in Tatenyandi, Dumedice Motompe in Memangue, Ertovela, Imasiari, Abuchen, Good afternoon. Report of the Select Committee on Finance on the Municipal Fiscal Powers and Functions Amendment Bill, National Assembly Section 75. B221B of 2022, dated on the 10th October 2023. Honorable Chairperson, the Municipal Fiscal <clears throat> Powers and Functions Amendment, Amendment Bill seeks to amend the Municipal Fiscal Powers and Functions Act of two, 2007 to establish an ambiguous, fair, and consistent basis for municipalities to recover development charges for all new land development projects that require statutory appro approvals through the municipal land use planning system, bring about a more standardized framework for the financial municipal, municipal infrastructure, enable applicants to accurately estimate for liabilities and ensure that municipalities can provide the required infrastructure timelessly, national treasure. 
Honorable Chairperson, on the 5th September 2023, the Select Committee on Finance received a briefing in the MFPFAB from National Treasury. The committee received two written submissions from the Free Market Foundations and the City of Cape Town. On, on, on the 19th September 2023, the National Treasury responded to the issues raised in the two submissions. The committee held a meeting on the 26th September 2023 to de- deliberate further on the policy aspects of the bill before the adoption of the report on the 10th October 2023. Honorable Chairperson, I'll just go straight to the what the committee have observed through this through this uh, <clears throat> report. The committee notes that the two submissions received primarily focus on the engineering service services related concern and agrees with the national treasury replies. The committee takes the submission from the CCT very seriously, as it is a major metropolitan municipality and has given a submission appropriate attention. The committee regrets, however, that it disagrees with the almost with almost all the city's CCT proposed <clears throat> amendments. One of them has prompt rewarding of a, of an amendment that National Treasury and already brought to the committee. Many of their proposals can be addressed by regulations and National Treasury will attend to this. The committee further knows the response from the Parliamentary Legal Services Unit that there is nothing in the MF. PFAB that suggests it is a section 70C bill attention that pay to what to what the department and state law advisors have suggested. The tagging of uh, of the bill was done according to the constitutional court sub, substantial measures test, and the parliament legal services unit advise the joint tagging mechanism that the bill does not directly affect functional or competencies in Schedule 4 and 5 of the Constitution. Honorable Chairperson, the committee knows again that neither that neither the NA nor the stakeholders during the National Treasury public consultation processes raised issues on the constitutionality of the bill. The committee further, further notes that while the National Treasury consulted the South African local government, Salga, let me say Salga, before the bill had been introduced to the parliament, Salga did not make a submission before it. This observation suggests that there is significant consensus on the constitutionality of the bill. In particular, even Salga with usually jealous, jealously defends the, pro, the powers and functions of the local government has not objected the bill. The committee notes <clears throat> National Treasury respond to the necessity of the MFPFAB, that's Spluma, 
does not put any norms and standards in place, and that the four provincial the four pro, uh, provincial ordinances which regulate the, the DC currently in place are creating confusion, leading to litigation. Honorable Chairperson, the committee again is concerned that the bill may reduce the ability of municipalities to diversify and, add, and knows that con contradictions are in, in, inevitable and that managing diverse local municipalities and the powers they exercise are complex matters. Further, the committee knows that National Treasury had identified some technical mistakes with the bill after the National Assembly had adopted it. The committee knows that the Minister of Finance wrote a letter to Select Committee on Finance requesting that the proposed amendments to, amendments to the bill be considered. The committee is concerned that mistakes of this, of this nature have been happening quite regularly, which signals that the quality of bills being brought to Parliament is declining. Honorable Chairperson, on recommendation by the committee, while the committee believes that the MFP-FAB is very good, necessary, long overdue bill, it is concerned about the capacity of National Treasury and the provinces to, to monitor its implementation and the capacity of municipalities to implement it. This has also been raised in several paragraphs in Section 6 of this report. Several of the observations above above suggest the recommendation that the com committee expects National Treasury to take seriously. National, National, National Treasury should consider effective sanctions, sanctions as against municipalities that do not use funds allocated for e capital infrastructure assets. assets. National Treasury has to support and equip municipalities with, with the skills to effectively draft and negotiate engineering services agreements. The committee accepts the technical amendments proposed by the minister, mainly as noted in paragraph five and four above, and returns the bill to the National Assembly for further consideration. The committee recommends that in the next term of parliament, the executive, after consultation with the relevant stakeholders, needs to consider an overall re review of the powers and functions that ensure that they are more conductive to the service delivery, development, and other crucial objectives of local government and serve to strengthen local government through more effective support and cooperation from national and provincial government. The powers and functions of these three spheres and the need for the effective operation, cooperation among the spheres should be shaped by the needs of a development state. In conclusion, Honorable Chairperson, the committee agrees with the amendment proposed proposed in the bill.
The committee supports the new amendment to the bill in section five of this report and refers the bill back to the National Assembly for further consideration. And the committee reports the bill, uh, Bill B21B of 2022. The committee, the Economic Freedom Front, I'm sorry, the, the F, EFF, Please conclude. as I conclude, the Economic Freedom Fighters rejected the report. And the, in the in the in the in presenting this report by the how the committee in I present the support person for the house to consider the report. I thank you, Honorable Chairman. No, thank you very much, uh, Honorable uh, Member. Uh, Honorable delegates, before we proceed to voting, I shall allow political parties an opportunity to make their declarations of vote in terms of Rule 78, if they so wish. Again, any declaration made must be made within the specifically allocated time of three minutes. Uh, Ryder? Thank you very much, Chairperson. Honorable Chair, the Democratic Alliance is concerned by the rigidity of the bill and the imposition of a one-size-fits-all instruction to municipalities. The comment that came from Treasury during deliberations that the workshopping of the bill with municipalities resulted in conflicting and often contradictory recommendations bears out the fact that a more flexible approach is needed than the one that is offered by the bill. Municipalities with surplus water capacity and strong road networks, for example, uh, that are well connected with national and provincial roads, differ significantly from those with service delivery backlogs. This bill aims to remove these municipalities' ability to adjust the financial tools available to them to manage development through incentives or disincentives. More consultation is needed to produce a bill that caters to all. It is therefore unfortunate that the tagging of the bill potentially resulted in municipalities being caught unawares as they are impacted by this legislation. It is entirely possible that a municipality may be misled, assuming that a Section 75 bill will not impact them and therefore not interrogate the contents closely. It remains the contention of the Democratic Alliance that the bill is incorrectly tagged as it impacts directly on the ability of a municipality to operate independently and it limits or regulates certain powers and functions of the municipality. This is unconstitutional. Furthermore, the need for the bill has not been adequately demonstrated, considering that these charges are already being raised by many municipalities. This bill is trying to compensate for shortcomings of the Spatial Land Use Management Act and correct these via a back door. The bill also instructs municipalities to engage in engineering service level agreements, something that is way outside of the argument that was put forward when justifying the taking of the bill as a purely financial management bill. It's a near certainty that the presidency will return this bill to our House, flagging constitutional concerns. If he does not do so, it is only a matter of time before municipalities begin to realize the impact that this bill has on their operations and then flag their concerns or, 
as is more likely, get developers to challenge the bill in a court of law. Rejecting the bill would demonstrate Parliament's commitment to the people. If we merely send it back to the National Assembly for a few small tweaks, which is a shocking admission coming from Treasury, but if we do that, we'll just be burdening future legislatures with unwinding this mess and replacing it with a functional piece of legislation, all the while stalling development all across South Africa. An excellent report, Chair, but a bad recommendation. We reject the bill. Chair, if I had more than three minutes, I would thank Treasury for the way that they responded to the uh, submissions. I'd also thank the committee for the constructive manner in which the discussions took place and the staff for the excellent job of the report. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Any other declaration? None? Oh, yes. Uh, Chairperson, uh, Mr. Dennis Ryder is uh, surprisingly conciliatory. I think Christmas is looming and he's in the spirit already. But we have to remind him our budget comes next week and we've got a lot of work to do with many bills. No, I don't think there's a big difference, Chairperson. You know very well, as a former mayor and head of Salga, uh, how, how much we've been discussing endlessly, although we're not taking decisions, sadly, so typically of us as a majority party, that we do need a differentiated model. In fact, Minister Sidney Mufamadi then came with that wonderful, wonderful uh, paper on looking at powers and functions across the three spheres, making local government more powerful, provinces slightly less so, and national government. And also allowing for a differentiated model, having these types, you know, districts, locals, and, and, and metros, but also recognizing their difference. So I don't think there's a difference about that. It's the conspiracy theories that subsist in what he's saying that are just not there. Now, that's not also the factual thing. If the bill is unconstitutional, we as parliament, you as our head, as our guardian, does not want it to go ahead. So let the courts decide if that has to be the case and let the president look at it and has to be the case. But so far, nobody, but nobody, not even the DA in the National Assembly has said it's unconstitutional. Selga, as you know better than us, jealously guards its, 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 its powers and functions. Those of us who came from the civic movement in the 80s were still around. We also defend the role and powers and functions of local municipalities, uh, I mean, uh, uh, local government generally. We're not going to let it go. A powerful local government model is crucial. But at the same time, we are recognizing that the model's not working. That every day the DA is hammering us, right, uh, about, oh, how badly off the municipalities are. When the national sphere intervenes, we're not a federal state chairperson. We need to keep reminding them. We're a system of cooperative governance. And as we keep reminding them, the more each sphere cooperates with the other, the stronger it becomes too. So the national sphere must play a more active role without undermining the powers and functions. This bill, this bill is done in that spirit. Selga didn't even bother to come as the, the political whip of our committee said just now, Ms. Comrade Mamarakhane. So, Chairperson, we don't disagree with the broad thrust of what he's saying. But we're simply saying that, you know, I'm tagging, Chairperson. Let's be realistic. Nobody said it should be a 75, 76 bill. And in fact, the legal services unit of our parliament said, if you tag a bill as 76 when it's 75, that too is unconstitutional. As Comrade Mamar Khane said, it's done in terms of the constitutional prescripts as well. He's gone to court before. So all we're saying is, let the regulations help. And he's right. So the DA is right. When they write, we have to admit they're right. There is too much rigidity. 
And in fact, more than them, we expressed our concern. We are not convinced, Chairperson, that National Treasury has the capacity to monitor effectively these amendments. And still less, do municipalities have the capacity to implement it? So we would like them to be more flexible when it comes to regulations. We also said, come back and look at the whole model, Chairperson. In 2007, that wonderful paper was done there. Can I urge you, Chairperson, and others who have the power, those who are in the NEC, I think here's a minister here, to do something about that. It is correct. We need a more differentiated model, but it's also that's more attuned to our developmental needs. When we shaped that model, Chairperson, that was 1996. Now we recognize more acutely some of the weaknesses in it. And I chaired the committee. I will take personal responsibility from the National Assembly side in shaping that model. We made mistakes. But the fundamental trust of that model, Chairperson, is absolutely correct. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Any other declaration? No, none. I will now allow uh, for a one-minute uh, uh, space. Uh, for delegates who are outside the virtual platform to join the, the house. Um, that one minute starts now. Thank you very much. Uh, one minute is over. Uh, we'll now proceed to voting on the question. And the question is that the bill be pro uh, with proposed amendments be agreed to. Uh, we'll start with the, those uh, delegates who are in favor. Uh, please raise your hands. And we'll ask Jadu the table to, to count. Njadu vote in favor, Chair. Njadu is noted. Mushodi vote in favor, Honorable Chairperson. Mushodi vote in, in favor. Please keep your hand up there. Now, thank you very much. The, the count is, I'm sure, is complete. Uh, and the host will lower all hands on the virtual platform. Honorable uh, Chairperson, I see members raising their hand. My network is very bad here. Yeah? I see people raising their hands. I want to know exactly so that I can participate also. No, actually, train, Baba, actually. Uh, we, are, we are late. Honorable Chaperson. Uh, we'll have to try next time. Yeah. Uh, uh, sorry to disrupt you. My net 
network is uh, members raising their hand. Uh, no, no, I no, want no. to uh, But there is a problem of the network. I can't. Uh, no, <laughs> no, we understand. We sympathize with you as well. Thank you very much. We'll pr- proceed to the delegates who are voting against. Uh, please raise your hands. And I'll ask the, the table to do the counting. I'm sure the table is done. Uh, please lower your hands. Uh, as we prepare for the next uh, vote, those members who wish to indicate that they are abstaining, please raise your hands. Those abstaining. Abstaining, none. Uh, we'll move on to as we close the, the voting, uh, move on to ask the table to submit the results. We'll wait a few seconds for that to happen. Thank you very much. Uh, the results are as follows uh, in favor 23 2-3 in favor against it says uh, 21 uh, uh, I'm not sure whether <laughs> this is it uh, that, that got correct okay uh, abstentions, none. Uh, uh, the bill with the proposed amendments is therefore agreed to in terms of Section 75 of the Constitution. Thank you very much. We'll proceed to the second order. Uh, consideration of the report of Select Committee on Land Reform Environment, Mineral Resources, and Energy, Announcement, Tablings, and Committee Reports, 27 September 2023, page 22. Ratification of the amended convention on the physical protection of nuclear material tabled in terms of section 2312 of the Constitution, 1996, and explanatory explanatory memorandum attached there to 26 September 2023. I now call on Honorable T.C. Mudise, Chairperson of the Select Committee on Land Reform, Environment, Mineral Resources and Energy, to present the committee report. Honorable Mudise. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Honorable Chairperson. Let me greet uh, Honorable Members that are in in the House. Honorable Chairperson, let me present the report of the Select Committee on Land Reform 
environment, mineral resource, and energy. Honorable Chair, having considered the request for approval by Parliament for the ratification of the Amendment Convention and on the physical protection of nuclear material, table in terms of the Section 231, Subsection 2 of the Constitution, 1996, and the explanatory memorandum attached here refer to it on the 21 September 2023, was briefed by the Department on the 5th of September 2023. The committee welcomed the detailed presentation by the Department, inquiring as to any deadline for ratification of the agreement and for the list of the country party to the agreement, and indicating which of them have rectified the agreement. The committee further inquired whether South Africa has experienced any form of cyber attack on any of our nuclear facilities. The department responded to the deadline of uh, of the 1A once the agreement has been ineffective since 1996, but that no deadline exists for South Africa to rectify it. It It will, however, be beneficiary for South Africa to rectify it as soon as possible. The department agreed to provide the committee with the list of the country party to the agreement and which of those have rectified it. The department further added that no cyber attack has taken place on any facilities. The, the committee, after the deliberating the matter, recommended the council in terms of section 231, subsection 2 of the Constitution 1996, the Council approved the said agreement. I thank you, Honorable Chair. Thank you very much, Honorable Mdise. Uh, we will now proceed uh, uh, to voting, uh, but before doing so, uh, the, I shall allow provinces the opportunity to make their declaration of vote in terms of Rule 86, if they so wish. Maximum declaration, three minutes. Anyone wishing to do a declaration? No, none. Uh, we shall now proceed to voting on the question, and the question is that the report be adopted. And now call upon the provinces to cast their votes. And when called upon to do so, heads of delegations must indicate whether they vote in favor, against, or abstain. We'll do so in alphabetical order, starting with the Eastern Cape. Eastern Cape, I am a report. Eastern Cape accepts the report. Free State. Free State vote in favor of the report, Chaperson. Uh, Free State supports the report. How Outing votes in favor, Chairperson. Outing votes in favor. Thank you very much. KwaZulu Natal. KwaZulu Natal, I will say, KwaZulu Natal supports the report. Limpopo. Limpopo vote in favor, Chairperson. Limpopo is voting in favor. Mpumalanga. 
Pumalanga, Yavuma, Honorable Chepesa. Thank you very much. Northern Cape. Northern Cape support, Chair. Northern Cape support. Northwest. Thank you very much. Western Cape. Uh, Western Cape supports the report. Voting is now closed. Um, and nine provinces voted in favor. I therefore declare the report adopted in accordance with the Section 65 of the Constitution. We'll then move on. Uh, Honorable delegates uh, and proceed to the subject for debate as printed in, in, on, on the order paper. Uh, Debate on transport demand, revitalization and modernization of a freight logistics and passenger mobility railway network in South Africa. I now call upon Honorable uh, S. Chikunga, Minister of Transport, to open the debate. Thank you very much, uh, Program Direct, I mean, uh, Chairperson of the National Council of Provinces, Honorable Amos Masondo, Chairperson of the Select Committee on Transport, Public Service and Administration, Public Works and Infrastructure, Honorable Kenny Muimang, Honorable Members of the Select Committee, Honorable Members of the House, Special Delegates of Provinces, Ladies and Gentlemen, Fellow South Africans. This debate today and during the October Transport Month is on a topic of paramount importance to our nation as it deals with a critical aspect of our work that enables economic activity and growth. The revitalization and modernization of the freight logistics and the passenger mobility railway network in our nation touches on, a, on every other sector of the economy. It equally demonstrates the centrality of network industries as these intersect in ways that propel the, propel the forward moment of momentum of our economy. Our railway network has played an integral role in the development and growth of South Africa over the decades. It has connected our cities, facilitated the movement of goods, and enabled countless citizens to commute efficiently. However, despite its historical significance, it is no secret that our railways have been used to advance policies of economic exclusion for the majority of our people. The time has come for us to address these issues, to breathe new life into our railways, and to harness their potential for the benefit of all our people. Commuter rail remains the most affordable mode of public transport compared to all other modes. The recovery of these services has never been more urgent for the poorest of the poor, considering the rising transport costs. These are millions of our people who rely on the rail services for their livelihoods, access to workplaces, schools and universities, and those who are looking for work. Our analysis demonstrates the affordability of commuter rail in relation to other modes 
particularly for the working class who ordinarily spend up to 40% of their disposable income on transport. The return to service of commuter rail services has effectively halved their transport costs. With the opening of the Pretoria to Kempton Park line, a single ticket costs 950 as opposed to 25 rand by taxi. Passenger numbers have continued to recover from a low point of 7.4 million passengers in 2020-2021 to approximately 16.2 million million as at the first quarter of 2023-2024. In the 2022-23 financial year, we prioritized 10 corridors for recovery across the country. As at year end, we had recovered a total of 30 corridors, 13, I'm sorry, corridors, and deployed new rolling stock in a number of these. For the 2023-2024 financial year, we have prioritized 16 commuter rail corridors for recovery. Services in five of these have already resumed, benefiting a number of communities. The following corridors have already been returned to service during the 2023 calendar year. Lirala to Jimistin resumed services in June 2023, servicing the communities of Tembisa and Olifants Fontaine in Gauteng. Pretoria to Calfontaine resumed services in September 2023, servicing the communities of Centurion, Irene Olifants Fontaine and Tembisa and Gauteng. Jimistin to Johannesburg resumed services in September 2023, servicing communities of Jimistin, Drewhook and Cleveland in Gauteng. Deben to Bridge City, Guamashu, resumed services in June 2023, servicing the communities of Kenridge, Doves Road, Timberlake, Guamashu, and Bridge City in KwaZulu-Natal. Deben to Venkel Sprite, resumed services in May 2023, servicing the communities of Malukazin, Sipingo, and Guamakuta in Bongitwini in KwaZulu-Natal. We are on track to recover services by the end of this financial year in the following corridors. ERC refer to Strand by October 2023. ERC refer uh, to Melder's Play by October 2023. Rebecca to Karieha by October 2023. Uh, East London to Berlin by November 2023. Hercules to Kudesport by December 2023. Deben to Pine Town by January 2024. Philippi Captain Sclape by January Captain's Clay by January 2024, Philippi to Chris Honey by January 2024, Nyanga to Philippi by March 2024, New Canada to Residentia by March 2024, Johannesburg to Ranfontaine by March 2024, Deben to Crossmore by March 2024, Jimistin to Kwesine by March 2024. We're also on track to resume long-distance passenger rail services with the recovery of the following corridors at the beginning of December, for instance, on the 6th of December, it will, be, will resume the, the, the services of Johannesburg to Cape Town, 8 December, Johannesburg to Queenstown, 8 December, Johannesburg to Musina, and 8 December to Johannesburg to Deben. We have reopened the Pebeja to 8NH line in the Eastern Cape on the 16th of this month. And on the 7th of November, we will reopen the East London to Berlin Road. This year, we have earmarked a total of 33 stations for modernization and or restoration.
The level of theft and vandalism during the COVID-19 lockdown period has resulted in criminals stripping a significant number of our stations pay, stealing anything they could pay, lay their hands on. This was a major setback for our station modernization program as our invest, invest interventions meant that we have to restore these stations to basic function basic functionality first in order to enable our commuters to use them. Notwithstanding the planned target of 33, we are on track to rehabilitate and modernize 75 stations by the end of the financial year. We, In fact, our year target has been to 33, but we will rehabilitate 75 stations. By the end of October 2 in 2023, the following stations have been completed, Karankua in Gauteng, Pinar Sport in Gauteng, Irene in Gauteng, Kalafong in Gauteng, Akashia Boom in Gauteng, Develt in Gauteng, Elans Fontaine in Gauteng, Mayfair in Gauteng, Umlaz in KwaZulu-Natal, Mount Klein in KwaZulu-Natal, Clairwood in KwaZulu-Natal, and Langa in the Eastern Cape, I mean Western Cape. Rehabilitating corridors for recovery encompasses major civil works that include laying out the track, overhead traction electrical equipment and signaling. The planned major civil works project currently underway are Tembisa Traction Substations, which has since been completed, Lenesia to Midway Rail Track Rehabilitation, which encompasses installation of new rail track to replace the track that was washed away. The project is due to commence in October 2023 and will be completed in January 2024. Boxback rail over bridge rehabilitation that was affected by the gas tanker explosion in December 2022. The project commenced in September this year and is due for completion in July 2022. This project directly affects the recovery of the Daviton line, whose recovery is earmarked for the second quarter of 2024-2025. A number of signaling restoration projects have either been completed or underway. Are underway. And these they include Cape Town to Simon's Town resignaling, which has since been completed. Deben to Congela, whose contract award is imminent. Western Cape Central Corridor Railway signaling, which is currently in ex- execution. So the contractor is on site and doing the work. Reunion to Umla's signaling recovery, which has since be co- been completed. Deben to Umgen signaling recovery, which has since been completed. Duff's Road to Kwamashu signaling restoration contract, which has since been awarded, and therefore is still not on site, but the contract has been awarded. He's waiting to, to, to sign the contract. Kwamashu to Bridge City signaling restoration contract, which has since been awarded. Pretoria to Solsville signaling restoration project in execution, and Bengal Spray to Reunion signaling restoration award is imminent. A number of mega projects are underway for signaling. These are KwaZulu Natal Train Control System Project, which has since commenced at a cost of 11.2 billion rand. National Digital Radio Network Redundancy Project, which has since commenced at a cost of 6.3 billion rand. Following years of lack of investment and deferred maintenance in passenger tra- rail, the NC government made a significant investment of 123 billion rand in the rolling stock fleet renewal project. This project is meant to deliver modern quality commuter rail services to citizens while revitalizing South Africa's rail engineering industry through local manufacturing, employment creation, and skills development. Gibela was then 
contracted to supply 600 new trains by the end of 2030. A total of 176 new trains have since been manufactured. It is worthwhile to note that the Kibela factory in Danota, Eguruleni, has created employment of 1,065 people, 869 of whom are youth and 476 are women. It is through this program that we have developed local rail manufacturing capability of the new modern trains referred to as Istimela Sabantu. The electric multiple unit EMU are manufactured in a configuration of six cars per train with the capability of running at 120 kilometers per hour. The manufacturing process has exceeded 70% local content and will go a long way in supporting the downstream industries through the supply pack that will be built as part of this contract. Beyond 2030, the factory will be the basis of the Africa Rail Manufacturing Hub. Prasa has awarded a 7.5 billion rand general overhaul contract to seven service providers over the next five years. This project is meant to preserve and extend the useful life of the old fleet, which will be retired in phases as new trains are deployed onto the network. The GO, which is the general overhaul contract, is meant to rehabilitate rolling stock that has been damaged and vandalized and to return these to service. Prasa is rebranding our stations as thriving communities where people can live, work and play, thereby transforming them into transit hubs that provide a better experience for passengers and shoppers and of course, Prasa is embarking on its secondary mandate, which include provision of accommodation, which will be which will supplement the legal fares it collects from passengers. Just this morning, we launched a mixed-use development here in Cape Town, which will provide accommodation to scores of students, and this is owned by Prasa. Investment in transport infrastructure, Chaperson is an important cornerstone in growing economy and enabling trade and commerce. This is true of all subsectors in the transport value chain, from airports to seaports, from roads to rail network, from bus rapid transit to locomotives and rapid passenger trains. Today, our railway system faces daunting challenges. Aging infrastructure, inadequate maintenance and underinvestment have hindered its efficiency and capacity. Over the years, we have witnessed a shift from rail to road in the transportation of heavy cargo, leading to increased congestion, higher maintenance costs, and environmental concerns. This is unsustainable in the long term. It is for this very reason that we have embarked on a process to move rail-friendly freight from our roads back to the rail through a variety of interventions. Realizing this objective requires significant investment in freight rail infrastructure and capacity. Our vision for the revitalization and modernization of the freight logistics and passenger mobility railway network in South Africa is anchored on a number of core pillars. We are investing in upgrading and expanding our rail infrastructure. This includes repairing and modernizing existing railway lines, constructing new lines where necessary, and developing intermodal facilities that seamlessly integrate road, rail, and sea transport. To ensure that our railway system operates efficiently, we have prioritized modernizing rolling stock, improving signaling, 
and communication systems and investing in state-of-the-art technologies such as electrification and automation. By doing so, we will reduce transit times, enhance safety, and minimize operational cost. We are committed to embracing sustainable practices and innovation solutions. This includes exploring cleaner and more energy-efficient propulsion systems, utilizing digital technologies for smart rail management, and the partnering with the private sector to ensure the long-term financial viability of our railway network. The need for revitalization and modernization in our railway network is driven by several critical factors. A strong and efficient railway network is essential for driving economic growth. It is the lifeblood of many industries, enabling the cost-effective transport of goods and raw materials. Our railways have the potential to stimulate economic activities across various sectors, from agriculture to manufacturing. The revitalization of our railways will create jobs in construction, maintenance, operations and management. This will have positive impact on job creation and skills development, particularly in communities where railway modernizations projects are being implemented. The approval of the White Paper on National Rail Policy by Cabinet in March 2022 marked the beginning of a new chapter for South Africa's railway industry. The White Paper creates policy certainty that introduces radical structural reforms which will enable broader participation and open new avenues for investment and competitiveness. A key element of this is the opening up of space for private sector investment and effective economic regulation that ensures fair and regulated access to both primary and secondary networks. Key thrust of the policy include enabling railway investment by exploiting rail's genetic technologies to achieve the envisioned railway renaissance in market space such as heavy haul, heavy intermodal, including double-stacked containers, contemporary urban and regional rapid transit, and high-speed rail from 160 to about uh, 300 kilometers per hour. The introduction of high-speed rail solution in our system will be guided by the high-speed rail framework that will be pre- that we will be presenting to Capenet for approval in the coming weeks. Secondary interventions will give effect to institutional repositioning and allow for an on for on rail competition. This means that the rail market will be open for other operators to compete and improve operational efficiency needed to improve service quality and competitive pricing in freight rail. Research conducted shows that these interventions will undoubtedly reposition both passenger and freight rail to achieve inherent competitiveness though exploiting rail's genetic technologies that will enable the sector to increase axle load, speed, and train length across the board. Productivity, increase, and adequate skills acquisition is guaranteed through these interventions. Government is finalizing a freight logistic roadmap to tackle the pressing challenges that undermine the performance of our freight logistic system. This is meant to arrest the decline and ramp up competitiveness. The roadmap aims to translate policy commitments into reality by outlining a detailed, sequenced, and coordinated set of actions to drive implementation. The immediate priority is to stabilize and improve the operational performance of the freight rail network. The roadmap responds to the question of how 
to implement the reforms outlined in the national rail policy, drawing on international precedent to set the system up for success in the long term. Issues of safety and security are critical and and integral part of rail revitalization. The railway safety regulator will encourage substantial new investment to implement modern safety technologies. Current challenges of theft and vandalism of critical rail infrastructure disrupt economic development in the sector. Third party access is one of the key tenants of the private sector participation framework. This is intended to drive efficiency and improve rail competitiveness by enabling participation of private sector companies, both in infrastructure investment and and operations. While implementing policy interventions that set the stage for building local industry capacity with deliberate bias towards localization and ramping up local manufacturing capabilities. The revitalization and modernization of our railway network is not just about upgrading tracks and trains. It is about rejuvenating a vital component of our nation's infrastructure that can shape the future of South Africa. It is about creating a more sustainable, connected and prosperous country for all its citizens where a better life for all is a lived reality. Central to this is the introduction of an effective economic regulation model to level the playing field and ensure equitable access to the market and use of public infrastructure. This is the premise on which we have grounded our approach to the economic regulation of transport bill currently before this house. Indeed, effective economic regulation is needed to ensure technical operational and pricing efficiency in the transport sector and to reduce the cost of doing business while improving the overall competitiveness of the economy. As we embark on this journey, we call upon all South Africans from all walks of life to work with us in bringing to life our vision for the future where rail transport truly becomes the backbone of our transport system. In conclusion, I must emphasize the immense potential that lies with the revitalization and modernization of our railroad network. This is not just a matter of transportation. It is a matter of economic growth, environmental responsibility, and social progress. Let us join hands as public servants, captains of industry and citizens, to make this vision a reality, together we can revitalize and modernize South Africa Railway Network, ensuring a bright future for generations to come. Siaka, we are building. I think. I thank you very much. Uh, thanks very much, uh, Minister of Transport, Honorable uh, S. Shukunga. Uh, Honorable Members, Siakuba, I would now like to recognize Honorable Miema, ANC. Greetings also to, to the House Chair. And, uh, and the national chairperson of the Council of Province and the leadership of the House and my colleagues, uh, both uh, on the virtual platform and also uh, present in the House. Allow me to express uh, my appreciation, Chair, uh, to the glorious movement, the mighty, mighty African National Congress, for affording me an opportunity to also say a word or two uh, in this debate, which is quite critical, Chairperson, given uh, our commitment as the movement uh, of the people 
towards uh, ensuring that we have an inclusive economic growth and transforming our economy through the revitalization and modernization of the freight, logistics, and commuter rail. Uh, indeed, Chair, uh, as the movement, uh, we are continuing to implement uh, the policy that is aimed at ensuring that there is an efficient, safe, and cheaper mode of rail transport for commuters and for transporting goods and freight. Furthermore, the ANC is committed in terms of its uh, uh, government uh, policy to ensure that there is movement of goods uh, and freight from road to rail. This is quite important uh, uh, because uh, it reduces the cost of logistics given the economy of scales of rail to move goods and freight versus road transportation. Indeed, the volume of heavy treaty trucks for the movement of goods and freight is negatively impacting uh, on the road surfaces, which mean more frequent maintenance, thus increasing the cost for road users in the form of tolls and government in the form of maintenance. Therefore, uh, the ANC giving its characterization as a caring government of the people will not allow this uh, to continue. It is therefore necessary to focus on moving people back to commuter rail and goods and flights from rail to rail, from road to rail. This is important check given the political economy of our country, which is uh, centered around uh, uh, the concentration, the economic concentration of mining and agriculture in the inland provinces. Therefore, this creates the need to, to have an efficient railway systems to unlock the economic value for the country through the movement of goods, freight, and services. Hence, the necessity for an efficient rail system becomes more important in the context of moving goods and freight from the inland market to the coast for consumption and export. The inland market is also, is also dependent on rail and road for its imports, and therefore the importance of rail as mode of transport in South Africa, as it connects local districts and provinces to markets and inland provinces to the coast. It is for this reason that we must focus on uh, the areas where we need to make improvement. Of course, the challenges, as correctly pointed out by uh, Minister Shikunga, are well documented. Uh, given the, uh, the uh, importance of ensuring that the single integrated network for the movement of commuters, goods, freight, and services continues uh, uninhibited. Uh, uh, it's important, Chair, that uh, the separation between trusted file rate and Praza uh, without ensuring the agreements were in place for freight rail to utilize metro rail and rail station for collection and distribution of goods is something that has to be re reviewed so that we are able to ensure the optimization of the movement of goods from road to rail. Uh, 
of course, at the center of the challenges of lack of investment in rail um, was mainly influenced by what we called the Devilia's report, which advocated against investment in rail infrastructure. But I think it is also important, Chair, uh, to raise the fact that uh, the uh, vandalization uh, that took place uh, during the period of COVID-19, uh, it's an area that... Uh, uh, should have been prevented. But of course, this meant that both freight rail and passenger rail were in, impacted negatively. And it's an area that we appreciate uh, the commitment that the minister has to talk to. Of course, uh, House Chair, the Transnet freight rail uh, in the past financial year was only able to move 172 million tons of freight, which was 5% lower than the previous financial year and much lower than the 280 million tons in 2017. Uh, in relation to the situation in the Praza Metro Rail, we also note uh, the a reduction in terms of uh, the uh, passengers per annum that were transported. But of course, we take comfort in the uh, tangible and concrete measures that the minister has outlined in terms of uh, arresting the situation. I think this is important because uh, uh, there are important lessons uh, that do not have to recur. And as the ANC-led uh, government, as we move towards uh, resolving these challenges, it is important that uh, this the resolution must be informed by the correct understanding of what revitalization entails. Of course, we also know the fact that uh, other than the situation that was led by COVID, the incremental weather or what we call the climate change uh, that uh, led to the uh, damaging of the rail lines in KZN during the, the flooding, it's an area that also impacted negatively, but we appreciate the commitment that the ANC-led government is taking in terms of restoring the operationality of these uh, rail services. And uh, also it's important, Chair, that uh, we are able to, 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 to with, pride, with pride and comfort say that the ANCS accounts to the people. Uh, it also speaks to the progress that we are making in terms of revitalizing, revitalization and modernization of the rail line. And this is so because uh, the president did make a commitment uh, in during SONA 2020 about uh, the restoration of the two major lines that the minister has made reference to. It is important also to appreciate the progress that the minister has outlined in terms of the opening of the various corridors across the country that will, that will be aimed at uh, uh, ensuring that the working class and the poor are not uh, impacted ne- negatively by the cost uh, involved uh, in terms of uh, the movement of themselves from uh, at their workplace to their to their areas of uh, of stay. Of course, South Chair, the Transnet freight rail uh, also, to a larger degree, uh, create uh, uh, experience a number of challenges. Uh, what is quite important uh, is to appreciate the fact that the refurbishing of old locomotive is continuing, but also what is also giving us uh, comfort 
as the minister has indicated, is the uh, the white paper on real government, which, as she has pointed out, is aimed at developing a new rail policy, uh, which will be legislated based on the optimization of the usage of rail infrastructure, uh, which has been restored and others are still in the process of being developed. What is critical is, as she has pointed out, the inclusion of both private and public partnership for the transportation of minerals to ports for exports. And therefore, it becomes important that uh, we also appreciate the opening of commuter rail corridors because it also benefits the Transnet freight rail as we have single integrated rail network. This is important as it also enables the development of local manufacturing sector through the DDM model and enable the movement of goods to market by rail. And therefore, the rail industry has uh, uh, achieved as part of uh, uh, boosting the manufacturing sector. Uh, this was done through localization, through the domestic manufacture of rolling stock in Equilane, as the manager has indicated. Indeed, this has increased operational tempo for rail means that the country will need to ensure that rail safety becomes an integral part of revitalization and modernization. It is important also, Chair, that uh, we appreciate the progress that is being made in relation to the Rail Safety Bill, which is being processed currently by the Portfolio Committee. And uh, we are uh, patiently waiting for that so that we are able to finalize it before the end of the sixth administration. But also, as pointed out, the Rail Safety Regulator, uh, through the new bill, will be empowered to ensure the highest standard of rail safety in the country. What is also critical, House Chair, is the revitalization and modernization of the rail system uh, means that the security of infrastructure infrastructure, uh, will be prioritized in terms of this new rail policy and the rail safety bill. Looking ahead, Chair, it is important that all cities and provinces are linked by rail and revitalization and modernization of the rail system, which will mean that the rail as a mode of transport can become the key driver for ensuring the success of the district development model and the economic reconstruction and recovery plan. This means that the rail connects people to markets and social services and connects different markets to each other to integrate economic development. In the past, Transnet Freight Rail Services utilized the metro rail stations for the distribution and collection of goods for transport by freight rail. It is important that the department take an integrated view to ensure that the success of moving goods from road to rail through ensuring that the two state entities cooperate in this regard to expand the freight rail business. In the past, rail kept the country in a transport neutral position, which means that it enabled the development of manufacturing in different parts of the country to be able to cost effectively transport manufactured and processed goods to market or for export. Praza is quite critical that it has to up its communication so that it communicates with the communities in all provinces on the good progress that the minister has outlined. But of course, we take comfort in the fact that the minister is also leading the charge in terms of communicating 
our progress that we are making in relations to the opening up of this new of this uh, rail corridors and also to ensure that uh, uh, our people the working class and the poor are informed so that we have an increased commuter services people who know will use these services honorable house chair the revitalization and modernization means that we need to mobilize the community and law enforcement to ensure security over our rail infrastructure asset. On this trajectory, Honorable House Chair, we can only move to greater heights of revitalization and modernization of the rail services in the country. And this program of the ANC government must be intensified. Thank you, House Chair. Thanks very much. The next speaker is Honorable S. Posho, DA. Order, Honorable Members. Timer. Honourable Chairperson, the ambitious plans of the Minister to recover 80% of the rail corridor and lines, modernise public transportation and revitalise the passenger rail system is something that the DA will watch and follow with a walk eye to see if it is feasible, as this government has come up with so many plans but little to no implementation thereof. This initiative, she says, is to emphasise the government's dedication to improving the transport sector. Well, we've been hearing plans from us to talk all and no action for years. What a blessing it is for South Africans that his power is now confined to Lutuli House because what the public needs is to see immediate action, Minister, not only talks. We are all aware that the once well-developed road network has rapidly, rapidly deteriorated, especially the roads outside the metropolitan areas and the national roads. The rail network is also extensive, but unfortunately, poor management and the breakdown of infrastructure for this sector has brought about fewer and fresher trains for both cargo and passengers alike. Inadequate funding and the rising cost of construction and maintenance has without a doubt added to the woes of our commuters in the country. Honourable Minister, we must recognise that it is time for a substantial transformation to meet the demands of a 21st century. A robust and efficient railway system is paramount for economic development. In the first instance, it significantly reduces the cost of transportation for businesses, enhances connectivity, and boosts trade. And therefore, by upgrading our railways, we will stimulate economic growth, create much-needed job opportunities, and foster a more competitive South African economy. Moreover, improving our railways will have a profound impact on the environment. Rail travel is one of the most energy-efficient and sustainable modes of transportation. By shifting more freight and passengers to the rail, we can significantly reduce our carbon footprint and contribute to a greener, more sustainable future for our nation. The DA agrees that apartheid left South Africa with a fragmented spatial framework that institutionalized salient aspects of race-based 
disadvantages. And that is why we are working towards addressing and redressing the inequalities of the past. The creation of a seamless, well-managed and affordable transport network is a priority for us because when individuals cannot move around freely and easily, their access to economic opportunities are impaired. We only have to look at how the recent taxi strike in Cape Town, which emphasized the need for proper, safe and affordable passenger rail system is needed. Commuters were left stranded in the wake of the strike. Had there been an alternative, which would have been an efficient rail network in Cape Town, the commuters would not have been left without transport and the economy would not have experienced a significant blow. Minister, are you aware that in Cape Town alone, 5% 5% commuters make use of rail, which is a whopping 95% decline of rail users since 2012. Minister, as you're aware, the city of Cape Town has recently requested that a formal service level agreement be entered into between them and Praza. But once again, this SOE has failed to comply with its obligation in concluding this agreement. Provisions for this agreement are made within Section 111C of the National Land Transport Act 2009, and ultimately this agreement will also form the foundation for the long-awaited devolution of rail to the metro and all the benefits this will bring for Cape Town residents in desperate need of an affordable, safe and reliable rail service. Why, Minister, is the city of Cape Town being snubbed by Praza? Is the instruction coming from high authority, such as the president or maybe your own department? Minister, in May 2022, Your cabinet passed the white paper on National Rail Police, which commits to devolving rail to capable metros and to producing a rail devolution strategy in 2023. Yet, Minister, in May, you yourself rebuffed the city's plans to take over passenger rail services. Why, Minister, must the city of Cape Town be forced to proceed with formal dispute resolution processes when they only want to work towards providing affordable services to commuters? A rail feasibility study undertaken by the city of Cape Town, which examined how devolving the current metro rail system to city management, has calculated that lower-income households would save up to 932 million rand per annum. Um, And if there was an efficient passenger rail service in Cape Town. Furthermore, the study has also found that a functioning rail system would sustain 51,000 jobs and add 11 billion to the local, local economy per year. And that is why the DA government will continue to walk towards addressing every single constraint to create a seamless, well-managed and affordable transport network for, for its residents. Honorable members, it is undeniable that the extent to which people are able to use opportunities available is dependent on how easily they are able to move around. This, thus, individual life chances and national goals are both constrained. Passenger rail must be the backbone of any network, and therefore all spheres of government have a duty to fix this situation without delay. Minister, if we look at the component of the agricultural sector, namely the citrus industry, 
We see what a logistical nightmare it was for them this past season. The transportation difficulties they had to endure placed an immense burden on them. They had to inter-alias subject their drivers and trucks to arson attacks, continuous bottlenecks, and then had to contend with congestion at our ports. Cape Town and Durban were among the world's worst ports and are listed in the bottom 10 of the 348 ranked by the World Bank's latest container port performance index. This, with many other industries, is indicative of just how important an efficient rail infrastructure system is, as it will alleviate the much-needed headaches experienced by road users. Rail will also add to our roads being able to stand the test of time, as the majority of our roads are not built to handle a load more than 12 tonnes. The above is but a drop in the ocean, and it is therefore evident that your plans must be put into action now. In conclusion, the revitalization and the modernization of South Africa's freight logistics and passenger mobility railway network is not just a transportation project. It's an an investment in our future. It's a commitment to a more prosperous, sustainable and connected South Africa. Without a rail renaissance, we will most surely forfeit a large amount of job growth and by investing in our rail infrastructure, we will see it play a pivotal role in the nation's economic growth, sustainability and connectivity. Minister, let us therefore work together to ensure that our railway system becomes a beacon of progress and opportunity for all South Africans Together, we can lay the tracks to a brighter and more promising future. Thank you. Thanks very much, Honourable Member. The next speaker is Honourable L. Slavangwani, EFF. Honourable Members. Thank you very much. Wait, Mama. Honorable members, eh, Honorable Slavangani, she's a made speaker. Eh, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Order. Thank you very much. Honorable House Chairperson, firstly, I would like to thank my political party for giving me this opportunity to be part of this sitting on behalf of the organization. I'm standing here to debate about uh, the revitalization and mother and modernization of the freight logistics and passenger mobility railway network in South Africa. Honorable Chairperson, October marks Breast Cancer Awareness Month, a month which raises awareness on breast cancer, including its early identification, signs and symptoms. I'm compelled 
to remind you of this important life-changing campaign. As last week in council, when the EFF moved a motion without notice on breast cancer awareness, the motion was rejected by the ANC. This yet another indication of how the ruling party fails to grasp the realities and challenges of our people. October also marks Transport Month, a month which raises awareness of the important role of transport in the economy and the provision of safe, affordable, accessible, and reliable transport system in the country. Transport is both an essential part of the economy and important element in the quality of everyday life. It has a significant role to play in improving urban mobility and reducing congestion on our roads and decreasing the impact on the environment. Transport Month is supposedly about showcasing service delivery and reminding the nation of the centrality of transport in our daily life, both in our social settings and in enabling economic activity tangible to show in how has been achieved across all modes of transport. In particular, for the three popular modes of transport, which is buses, taxis, and trains. South Africa, South Africa's dreams of efficient, safe, and affordable transportation system remain deferred. Honorable Chairperson, the South African passenger transportation system still resembled scenes from the apartheid era, where transport was mainly designed for the daily transportation of labor to and from the workplace. Black people still live in distance places such as Kailisha, Nyanga, and working in the Cape Town CBD, where the community of begins before the crack of dawn, traveling for more than one hour just to get to work, making incredible sacrifices during the journeys. Honorable Chairperson, with transport often being the second major expense in the family budget after food, Black people travel to work on buses that are often crowded and taxis that are not safe, with a lack of facilities at taxi ranks. And even for those drivers who adhere to laws of the roads, it is practically impossible to avoid the accident in many of our roads in this country because of the lack of roads maintenance by the government. Honorable Chairperson, most of our roads are filled with potholes that make it impossible to drive safely from one place to another. This despise a budget allocated to fix potholes and despise Operation Valazonke being launched more than a year ago to get rid of potholes. Places like Imelo in Pumalanga, Mangawung in Free State, Erini in Eastern Cape, and many, many more areas in the country have completely degenerated and there is no, no attempt by the state of maintain, to maintain the roads. 
driving in these areas has become an impossible mission, making accident regular occurrences. People are dying on our roads because Mbalula and those around him have absconded from their responsibility to maintain our roads. Honorable Chairperson, there's also very little to speak of in terms of road infrastructure development in South Africa. We still have dilapidated bridges in KwaZulu-Natal, which were affected by flood back in 2008 and still not repaired. Road infrastructures damaged by flood last year are also still not fixed especially in the Krishani region and in some part of KZN. The Department of Transport is known for nothing but for opening of gravel roads. And in the aftermath of the COVID-19 pandemic, the Minister of Transport has failed to, to, to rehabilitate, the modernize the rail network. Trains are overcrowded and security on and off, the trains remains a challenge. Metro rail trains are flawed by the constant lack of structure in terms of schedules, even though a timetable is provided on their website. Trains are often late and do not show up. And it is also undeniable, Chairperson, that the collapse of the rail network has led to an increase of the rate of the transportation of goods and road and of goods by the roads. More and more trucks are on the road transporting goods across all provinces. The trucks are a menace on the road leading to many roads accidents. This again is the failure of the government of the ANC to regulate the properly functioning rail network. These sorts of accidents are only going to increase. Last one, Honorable Chairperson. Trustnet has been systematically been ran to the ground by the ruling party through corruption, incompetence, and she disregards for basic principles, financial management. This is an indication of deep-seated levels of incompetence on the part of Trustnet management, which seeks to, to hand over key resources of the state to the private sector, a key focus of the Ramaphosa administration. Trustnet has suffered Trustnet has suffered financial losses because of poor management and because of political interf interference. Corruption at Prasa also continues unabated and is condoned by the ANC. Honorable the Chairperson, several pressing issues need to be addressed in order for a more inclusive 
accessible and effective system of public transport to exist in South Africa. Let me finish one statement. But what will ultimately serve the transport sector is the public and their use of their power to vote the ruling party out of power come 2024. Honourable Thank member. you very much, Honourable Chairperson. Honourable Member, let me address you. Ufala ngemta na musukala ngo left. Dotele wuti sifoni pane lawa NSOP we respect each other and the laws and the time. You when gave me nine minutes. Over, no. No. You gave me nine minutes. And there's a watch uh, at the table. I'm also having a watch. You gave yes. me nine minutes. Honorable member, your time is over. And the designing Thank you very much, Honorable Chairperson. President Cyril Ramaphosa, not a Umbizangekam. Honorable members, order, order, honorable members, order, honorable members, order, honorable members, Sia Kuba, I would like now to call the next speaker, honorable R. Badness. 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 from DA. Work with me, Chair. You can say it. Badenhorst. Badenhorst. Honorable yeah. Chair. You can start, Honourable Member. Thank you so much, Honourable Chair. Honourable Chair, Honourable Minister. Now that I've got your attention. Honourable Members and fellow South Africans, good day. My colleague, Honourable Bosov referred to the ambitious plans of the Minister of Transport to recover 80% of rail functionality in South Africa. This brings to mind a famous quote by a heavyweight boxing champion by the name of Mike Tyson, who said, everybody has a plan to beat me until I punch them in the face. The knockout blow to the Minister's plans are simply because they naively include the ANC. The Minister has gone on record stating she will collaborate with South African MECs, members of Executive Council, for those of you who don't know, from various departments in launching campaign Siakaya. The Minister said, and I quote, we are building a better transport infrastructure to grow South Africa together and to give the department a platform to celebrate their achievements, unquote. The question is, Minister, what achievements? The Minister herself pointed out the following factors that are stumbling blocks, blocks to her blue sky plans. Unreliable electricity supply, skill shortages, regulatory uncertainties, all brought to South Africa, might I remind you, by 30 years of ANC cacistocracy. Again, if the ANC play any part in this plan, it is doomed to failure. South Africa once had the best rail infrastructure in Africa. However, rail, which includes freight and passenger and port capacity deficits, remain a severe constraint in domestic and regional trade, even in the current constrained business environment. 
At the heart of this collapse is the horror story of Transnet and its previous ghosts. The state-owned enterprise has been brought to its knees over three decades, decades of patronage and cadre deployment. There is no escaping that. You cannot let unskilled cadres run a complex transport system that requires efficiency and innovation, let alone meticulous maintenance. Transnet Frail Rail boasts inefficiencies that have resulted in the estimated, estimated economic loss of about 1 billion rand a day. The economic cost of Transnet's performance resulting in inefficient logistics combined with higher transport costs incurred by companies needing to shift cargo to more expensive road haulage, including both general freight and minerals on road that should have been on rail, result in direct losses impacting the economy. One standout operational impediment has been the ongoing theft of rail infrastructure across the length and breadth of this country. Hundreds of kilometers of copper line, track, and other general infrastructure have been stolen, costing the state billions in potential revenue. While the government and Transnet have promised to address the challenge, the issue persists and it's likely to continue to be a significant obstacle in the years to come. Security forces have arrested persons, dozens of people, in connection with cable theft. However, the identity of all but a few of these people remain unclear. It is likely that criminal syndicates are involved aided by, and abetted by senior Transnet cadres that have been implicated in acts of corruption in the past. Crime intelligence remains incredibly weak in South Africa and is directly coupled to a lack of action against criminal cartels. Transnet will continue to face hurdles reaching its full potential and stabilizing the rail supply chain through 2023 and likely in the following years due to various disabling factors, chief amongst them, corruption. And which party is the poster child for corruption in South Africa? The ANC, of course. So while we all like to daydream about bullet trains and shining digital cities, all come to naught simply because of the bad actors involved that have, over the past 30 years, displayed an unerring propensity to always make the worst possible decisions. South Africans will, however, have a real opportunity to turn the tide in 2024 and install a coalition government led by the DA that focuses on operational excellence and an obsession for efficiency. Until then, the ANC will continue to plan and continue to get punched in the face. Go Boca! I thank you. Thanks very much, Honourable Member. Honourable Member's order. I would like now to call the next speaker, Honourable M. Nlovu, from Pumalanga, Public Works, Road and Transport. Honourable Nlovu. Honourable Chairperson, thanks for your time and greetings to the Chairperson of the NCOP, uh, Mr. Amos Masondo, Honourable Deputy Chairperson of the NCOP, Ms. Sylvia Lucas, the Chief Whip, of the majority party, our honorable minister, uh, Minister Sindisiwe Chikunga, Deputy Minister Mr. Lisa Makau, 
Honorable members of the NCOP, both permanent and special delegate, Salga representative. Uh, good afternoon. You see, I did not want to come here and uh, talk about the African National Congress that I listen to members here uh, indicating here when they are debating that uh, they are going to win in 2024 government election, general election. 2024 is not far away. We are left with seven months. We are ready for multi-party charter and super PAC. Uh, on our own, we are going to win. We are not looking for coalition partners. We know that all of them, their task is to clip the wings of the African National Congress. Honorable Chairperson, on this Transport Month, October, we have been on the move to highlight the transport services and remind the public of the importance of transportation and how it affects our daily lives and our economy. Under this year theme, Siaka, we are building a better transport infrastructure to grow South Africa together. Together we can do more. We have been sharing the positive story of progress in providing road infrastructure and addressing potholes, as well as repairing and upgrading our rail network. We do work. There is no need for us to drum our achievements. I will be committing a mistake if I do not acknowledge the reason why I am part of this debate, which is to discuss the modernization of our freight logistics and passenger rail network. If there is one infrastructure that was seriously affected negatively by COVID-19, it is the rail network. Our country used to pride itself with the best rail network. The Network should not be seen in isolation since the destruction of our rail system gave birth to land freight transport system. And this development and rapid expansion of freight logistic is an afterthought of the rail system that was affected by COVID-19. Today we are confronted with challenges of having to rescue our rail network and bring them to full working capacity to remove some trucks from our road network, which was not designed for them today. The transport sector is a key contributor to our country's uh, competitiveness in the global market. Our country's transport infrastructure is modern and amongst the most developed, not only in Africa, but the whole world. Thanks, Honorable Minister. You are hard at work in terms of the Africa Infrastructure Development Index, which indicates the status of infrastructure development across the continent. South Africa's infrastructure remains one of the best developed in the face of our economic challenges. In South Africa, freight transportation carries the majority of the freight ton kilometers 
through our rules. As part of meeting the infrastructure needs outlined in the National Development Plan, the government must continue addressing the challenges confronting our rules network. South Africa transportation and logistics sector continue to show signs of recovery post the years of the coronavirus pandemic. The country's economic recovery has been accelerated by the transportation and logistics center. This has contributed to our GDP and overall economic growth. This begs the question of whether our freight mode of transport is adequate without a revived rail network decimated during the COVID-19 period. Honorable Chairperson, we continue to witness damages on our road network as a result of heavy vehicles overloading. The heavy vehicles, more especially the heavy trucks on our roads, decrease the lifespan of the road-based structure with added cost for maintenance and rehabilitation of our road. This deterioration of our roads infrastructure network inevitably compromises road safety and adds to the high fatality rate of South African roads. And we must admit it is courtly to the fiscals. Our government has developed way bridges as a form of control on overloads from all the freight. We also deploy transport inspectorate to ensure compliance. This sector is beneficial to our economic growth in light of the challenges we face on our rail system. Honorable Chairperson, the development of our rail corridors remains a key instrument of our transport master plan. Our rail system, both passenger and goods, is core to mobility of our people and goods. We we must continue to develop our railway network. The Maputo Development Corridor has become crucial in transporting to international markets our goods and raw materials. Hence, the expansion of the Maputo Corridor Rail Network and the creation of incentives for its use will assist a lot in diverting the transportation of goods from our fragile roads to the railway. As the province, we must intensify engagement for further development and expansion of the rail network for the growth of the export market. As always, when dealing with the issues pertinent to freight operations and corridor development, we should always have the understanding that development corridors are the lifeblood of our economic growth and their planning should, as much as possible, be integrated. We have been continuing to witness Praza doing a great job in rebuilding the rail infrastructure and restoring passenger rail as the backbone of public transport. As I indicated, we are hard at work. We can drum our achievement. Government has invested significant resources in rebuilding and modernizing our rail infrastructure. We have seen Praza continuing to implement an impressive rolling stock modernization program in Gauteng and Cape Province. This is commendable. We like to request the minister to also consider 
to intrude us in a plan here in Pumalanga. Honorable Chairperson, considering the volume of commuters transiting through the Muloto Road and the service demand from our people, the Muloto Rail Development Corridor will remain in demand. The Muloto Road links our province with Gauteng and Lipombo and carries a greater number of passengers daily. Therefore, the move to bring the road under one authority, Sanral, is commendable. To date, certain sections of the road have been completed and the implementation of other intervention is ongoing despite the significant progress. Our people remain convinced that rail is ultimately the best solution for this corridor. Honorable Chairperson, Pumalanga contains the bulk of South Africa's electricity generating coal-fired power stations. The province accounts for 76% of South Africa's coal mining output and 50% of national coal reserves, and a lot of which is exported through heavy trucks to the ports in Maputo. In our province, we continue to witness traffic by trucks to power station. These places, As you conclude, these places a strain on our road network. That is why, as government, will continue to advocate for high-capacity heavy-hauled railway lines from the coal mines to the power stations. As I indicated, uh, we are hard at work, and that those that they don't see, we are not going to assist them. If they don't see, they don't see. But some of us, as members of the ANC, as members of the public, we witness the good work that the minister is doing. Keep up the good work, honorable minister. Thanks. Maribo! Thanks very much, honorable member. Uh, honorable members, now I would like to call honorable Debrain, FF+. Plus. We can now leave. Thank you, Honorable House Chair. Honorable House Chair, our railway network has been serving South Africa by connecting communities and facilitating trade across vast distances for more than a century. And it has been key in the development of South Africa. However, Chair, 29 years of neglect and outdated practices have taken its toll on this vital infrastructure, and we can agree that the modernization and the revitalization of our rail infrastructure is critical to ensure sustainable and long-term operations that will benefit our economy. Unfortunately, Chair, it is very difficult to be positive about any turnaround plan or strategy that involves Transnet, Praza, the Department of Public Enterprises, and the ANC government in totality. With a track record of deteriorating infrastructure, maladministration and corruption over the last three decades, we and the public surely can't be blamed for our skepticism. Honorable Chair, when an entity with a monopoly has an annual loss of more than 5 billion rand, there is reason for skepticism. Achterbare voorzitter, ek sê weer eens, ons besef dit is broodnodig om ons spoornetwerk te moderniseer en uit te breid. Dit sal nie net bekostigbare vervoer van goedere verseker nie, maar het sal ook verlichting bring aan duisende pendelaars wat vooral lang afstande moet reis, werk toe en terug. En die feit, maar die feit bly achterachtbare voorzitter, 
dat hierdie modernisering en herleving eenvoudig nie moendlik sal wees onder ANC bewind nie. En die doel is nie om pessimisme te propageer in die voorzitter. Die feite spreek ongelukkig vir hulle self. Oor die afgelopen hoeveel jaar het trans net self daar as enige ander staatsentiteit die een na die ander reddingsboei ontvang en die een na die ander omkeerplan geïmplementeer met geen sukses tot dusver nie. Alboor voorzitter in maatskapie of hy, of hy entiteit wat de verlies van meer as 5 miljard rand getoon het in die laatste financiële jaar het sekerlik nie een begrip van goeie of basisse bezigheidsbeginsels nie. En een maatskapie of entiteit wat bak kan staan by die regering vir 130 miljard rand reddingsboei, om sy bedrijfskoste, omdat hy nie sy bedrijfskostes kan hanteer nie, is verseker nie in staat tot die modernisering en die uitbreiding van sy infrastruktuur nie. Hierdie mooi praaikies en die optimisme van die minister en die kaders hier vandag, akwaar voorzitter, verander ongelukkig nie die feite nie, al wens ons allemaal dat het een realiteit kon gewees het. Turnaround strategies and bailouts will unfortunately not resolve in the modernization and the revitalization of our rally infrastructure. Not while there is an ever-presence of corruption, maladministration, cadre deployment and a lack of political will. And the fact that senior management positions could not have been filled in Transnet in seven months' time illustrates exactly this. Honorable Chair, again, we do need a modern rail, rail network in South Africa and we desperately need passenger rail services and infrastructure. But for that dream to become a reality, we first need a new capable government free of corruption, incompetence and cater deployment and members that only strive to reach themselves. After the 2024 elections, Jim, this will become a reality and the new coalition government will make this dream and the dreams of South Africans a reality. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Duprain. The next speaker is Honorable America Special Delegates from Western Cape. Good evening and thank you, uh, our Chair. Uh, our Chair of the National Council of Provinces, Honourable Members, Delegates from the Provinces, Ladies and Gentlemen. The Western Cape is pushing forward to unblock obstacles for the movement of freight and passengers. This is crucial for enabling desperately needed economic growth to rescue our country from the abyss we are sliding into. It's an echo chair, our chair. I hear an echo. Fortunately, in the house, is still fine, Honorable America. You can continue. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so sorry for that. So, uh, this is crucial for enabling desperately needed economic growth to rescue our country from the abyss we are sliding into. And this we do in the Western Cape by encouraging private sector to take up opportunities for privatization of, of container terminals to ensure adequate capacity for servicing growing cargo volumes. And we also do that by setting up a dedicated joint operations center for freight logistics to be able to problem solve and prioritize where there are disruptions. And thirdly, creating a live port performance dashboard to improve efficiency in our port. And we further do this by um, doing everything we can 
to prepare for the implementation of the national government's rail devolution strategy to get this critical mode moving again and ensure our citizens will once again have dignified, safe, affordable, and reliable public transport options. And we're also enhancing our traffic enforcement operations to protect the movement of people and goods on our road networks. And furthermore, we are streamlining and improving our regulations of public transport to support the industry and ensure better safety standards for our commuters. And then lastly, integrating our provincial data systems with other spheres of government and enforcement agencies to maximize the significant investment we have made in technology and in innovation. Our chair, despite all our hard work to improve the situation for mobility, it is incredibly disheartening and alarming to hear the concerns of commuters and the industry growing. Our commuters cite safety, 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 limited affordable transport options and unreliability of transport options as main concerns. Industry, on the other hand, says that the lack of transport, the lack of support by government for the formalization of the minibus taxi industry, viability of agricultural production and export compromise for logistics and electricity crisis, further delays the shipping of perishable fruits and inadequate shipping services, especially to new markets in the USA and the Far East. This could compromise investment in orchard growth and job creation. Cost of logistics has increased. Productivity levels in terms of gross crane hours and ship working hours are considerably below global good practice. Furthermore, transport congestion, mostly due to breakdowns in terminal heavy lifting equipment, is crippling the transportation sector's operations. And furthermore, inadequate cargo planning capacity in Cape Town container terminal and insufficient management information to proactively manage cargo volumes, recovery from weather impacts on performance and the potential growth in volumes. We know the hot chair that the collapse of Transnet, its ports and its rail system cost the country 1 billion rand per day. Freight rail volumes have consistently declined nationally. Iron ore volumes are the lowest it has been in 12 years. Coal volumes are the lowest since 1993. General freight business volumes are its lowest since the 1940s. The same trend is true for the Western Cape. The Western Cape is a manufacturing and industrial hub. Of the total 28.7 million tons of manufacturing commodities that originate from the Western Cape, 9.8 million tons are distributed inside the, the province, while 18.9 million tons are sent to the rest of the country. Manufactured goods are transported mainly on corridors where the rail corridor fails, Cape Town, Cape Corridor, Cape Town to Gauteng, the N1 highway, example, road picks up the volumes. Western Cape is also furthest from its domestic trading partners, so goods have to be 
have the longest comparative travel distance, Western Cape does suffers the most from an ineffective railway. The N1 is the longest road corridor carrying 60% of the total freight. The average travel distance of freight on the N1 corridor is 1,389 kilometers. This causes excessive road damage and other externalities, even worse on our rural roads. Iron ore, manganese are increasingly being transported by trucks to ports from Sishan to Saldana, road infrastructure are not designed for these heavy cargo vehicles uh, and they are damaging our roads. There is also a serious shortage of skills at Transnet due to the exit of approximately 2,000 staff taking voluntary retrenchment packages, hampering the ability of Transnet to run an effective rail service. Rail network is plagued by vandalism and theft, bringing entire supply chains to a halt. There has been some hope ignited with the formation of the National Logistic Crisis Committee and the Freight Logistics Roadmap, which are a move in the right direction. They will be mandating assistance to an action from Transnet and furthermore it will advocate strongly for private sector participation in rail as a solution. The Western Cape government has a clear strategy for transforming freight rail in line with our jobs and safety priorities. Security and safety enhancements, the declining security situation, arson, vandalism within South African rail sector needs to be addressed. Effective safety measures need to be implemented and supported to protect surrounding communities and extensive rail, rail assets and infrastructure. Furthermore, financial support. A key Western Cape strategic priority is to boost economic growth and job creation. Rail can play a crucial role in this by fostering local production and export efficiency by reducing manufacturing inputs and transportation costs. This improved competitiveness will attract investment and create direct and indirect employment opportunities. Rail operations and assets are capital intensive and therefore a commit, committed and well-structured financial support structure is crucial to support our rail, uh, freight rail development. Intermodal integration is a priority for the mobility and spatial transformation in our province. This priority aims to create a sustainable community that is well-connected by efficient, low-carbon transportation systems. This will result in reduced commuting costs. Communities that are more economically connected and improve climate resilience. Freight rail development, especially through intermodal facilities, is pivotal in this regard. These facilities enable seamless freight transfer across various transportation modes like rail, road, air, and sea enhancing logistical and supply trends. By aiding a modal shift from road to rail on major corridors, 
like the N1, N2, and N7, it addresses congestion issues around ports, improving overall mobility. In conclusion, Chair, the situation is beyond theoretical debates about revitalization and modernization. Our country is in a crisis and we all need to do everything we can to enable economic growth and getting rail back on track. We must move beyond politicking and pontificating to collabor collaborating on low-hanging fruits like a clustered approach to logistics problem solving. I thank you, our chair. Thank you, Honorable America. The next speaker is Honorable Moshodi on the virtual platform. Honorable Moshodi. Thank you, Honorable House Chairperson Ndadenyambi, Honorable Minister, and Honorable Members. Good afternoon. In the past, we spoke about the restoration and investment in the rail infrastructure, and today we can stand before the House to speak about the revitalization and modernization of both commuter rail and fly rail. This is a result of progress made by the ANC government in addressing the challenges facing the rail network. The country has a single integrated rail network which stretches throughout the fast geographic of the country. This means that Rail infrastructure for the movement of the people and freight is integrated. This must be utilized as advantage commuter rail offers freight rail competitive advantage through its infrastructure for the movement of goods, freight and manufactured product. Rail remain the cheapest, safest and most efficient mode of transport which provide economies of scale over road transport over a number of years. The country has been over resilient of road transport for the movement of, of both commuters and freight. This independence of road transport arose as the rail service were in a state of decline and require investment. The decline was compounded during the lockdown and theft of cable and vandalism of the infrastructure. This has been dealt with by law enforcement and need to stop. Communities need to assist law enforcement to ensure that public infrastructure which benefit the people and the people and improve the lives of our people is protected. Honorable House Chairperson, the policy of the ANC is that the restoration, revitalization, and modernization of the rail are critical as commuter rail is an important mode of transport for the working class and the poor in all provinces. It is a mode of public transport that is safe, cheap, and efficient, and therefore benefits the working class and the poor. Commuter rail increase the disposal income of working class and poor, and poor fam uh, famil families as it's cheaper to travel by train than road. Improving the lives of the poor through service delivery is a critical part of improving the transformation, the lives of the people. Commuter rail connects people with job, social services, and education institutions. The time that is spent in public transport must be reduced to increase family time for the community. ANC policy also advocates for the movement of goods from road to rail. However, it is equally 
critical to move commuters from road to rail as this will reduce the level of accident facilities on the road, Honorable House Chairperson. In the sauna of 2020, the Excellency, the President of Republic of South Africa, Ndate Ramaphosa, spoke about restoration of important rail corridors and highlighted the reopening of the Central Line in Cape Town and the Mabopan Line in Gauteng. In relation to the one of Mabopan Line, the restoration has been completed and the rail line is operational and saving communities. The Central Line in Cape Town is partially open due to a people still residing with the area of the area and no alternative arrangement has been made for them yet by the city of Cape Town and provincial government on our chairperson. Brazza owned 2,280 kilometers of South Africa rail network and uses some of 22,000 kilometers of rail track under the control of Transnet. It has 525 train station and total fleet of 4,735 coaches, with an overall staff of completed of 18,207. This is no small logistic operation. However, in 2014-2015, government through Braza transported 2 million passengers and covered 55 million passengers trip. Currently, Braza is transporting 15 million passengers and it is intending to increase the number of passengers to 20 million. Praza has targeted the opening of four corridors and 16 have been opened and in this financial year. 31 out of 40 rail corridors will be restored and functional. With the restoration, revitalization and modernization of the commuter rail infrastructure, the number of trips and passengers will reach the projected target of 20 million passengers, honorable members. Communication by Plaza to the community on the opening and service by, by being provided is critical, as commuters need to be made aware of commuter rail service in all provinces. Moreover, Plaza has embarked on the construction of new rail station and modernizing existing railway station. Thus far, 74 railway stations have been upgraded and more are planned in this financial year. This must ensure and improve service for the working class and the poor. The recovery of rail corridors, railway station, and investment in overhead gambling resulting in improving rail service means that the new rail policy is already being implemented and can be fully implemented on our chairperson. With highlighted rail operation for both commuter rail and freight rail, security of the corridor is critical at radio station and on the train. The security of the infrastructure is critical as this enables secure capital resources to channel into new projects which enable revenue generation. Therefore, it is important that security is provided, commuters and law enforcement must deal with crime, but this cannot on its own result in success as the community must support their preservation and protecting their current asset base on our chairperson. Highlighting 
rail operation in both commuter rail and fresh rail must be coupled with rail safety. South Africa has a rail safety report seconded of none and country safety report is certainly the eve of many countries. However, it is imperative that we keep abroad in the best international rail safety standard. The rail safety bill is being processed by the National Assembly and will be processed by the NCOP. This now enables communities to voice their concern with the rail safety regulator on concern related to the rail safety. Communities' participation is critical for the success of rail safety, especially for those communities residing near rail level crossing to ensure that these are functional and not avoid and now to avoid fast, fast facilities. Again, Honorable Chairperson, communication by the rail safety regulator to communities is important to enable their participation in the process of the rail safety regulator. Honorable members, Currently, the rail signaling system is not fully automated and it is still manual signal occurring. Signaling is a critical part of efficient railway system, which is integrated from the transporting of commuters and freight. The revitalization and modernization of the railway means that replacement of post-nuclear signal and development of new signal at cost of 13.2 billion, which will greatly improve safety and make rail transportation efficient. It will also facilitate long-distance passenger rail. The revitalization and modernization program has also enabled job creation as it is part of the infrastructure development of the economy reconstruction and recovery plan. This signaling program translated into 762 jobs with another 150 for engineers and artisans. The Houghton Nerve Center is in Calfontaine will act as the signal control hub of Braza Passenger Rail Network in Houghton, Honorable Chaperson. This is a procedure to further invest in upgrading the modernization of the rail infrastructure, more importantly, the revitalization and modernization of commuter role is a critical driver for inclusive economy development and growth as the still recovery of commuter rail links people from township with jobs market social services and student with school and education facilities while improving freight logistic contributors to job creation and economic growth rail is a key driver of the economy in all provinces now just those provinces not just those provinces whose economy activity is based on mining and agriculture, rail links market and act to integrate economy activities. Honorable members, furthermore, government is spending in the region of 51 billion on the new rolling stock and 4 billion on new hybrid locomotives in the next five years. To date, Braza has taken delivery on 13 of 70 new locomotives. Praza has also refurbished 291 Metrorail and 298 Shosholoza mail coaches. 
Raja is also working on improving long-distance passenger rail service. This will enhance tourism industry in the country and facilitate further job creation in the sector. However, Brazza needs to improve public access to its long-distance train service for booking purpose. These services has more market opportunity given the cost of domestic air travel. In conclusion, Honorable Chairperson, the ANC government is clearly delivering on restoration, revitalization, and modernization of the railway system, both in terms of commuter rail, through investment and improvement of rail services. This program from the this program for the revitalization and modernization must continue as it is critical to the economy development of the country. The restoration, revitalization, and modernization of the rail infrastructure will improve the lives of the working class, poor and lower middle class, who depend on cheap, safe, and efficient public transport system. It will possibly impact on the economic lives of the poor and the working class to access economy opportunity. Lastly, Honorable Chairperson, therefore, providing a revitalized and modernized rail service to marginalize and historically disadvantaged is a core principle of access to and contributing to inclusion in the country, thereby reducing poverty, inequality, and unemployment for the vast majority as commuter rail is enabler to job creation, skilling, and access to education. Therefore, rail is critical for this and other important economy and social objectives. Revitalization and modernization of the railway through passenger rail, both in metro and long-distance passenger rail service, will benefit the people and will be ongoing process which need to be driven through leadership and programs. This must occur within specific time frames and budget. This must be revenue generating and rail project must have determined outcomes which enhance infrastructure development and job creation. Praza and Trustnet Rail need to increase its revenue base and cannot solely depend on government funding. Any funding must have an coherent business case, which also include becoming financially viable and profitable to fund further infrastructure development project. Now we can begin looking to future development. Thank you. The, thank you, Honorable Moshodi. The next speaker is uh, Councillor Mabale Uma, representing Salga in the virtual platform. Yeah, thank you, Honorable Chairperson of the NCOP. Honorable Deputy Chairperson of the NCOP, Honorable Minister of Transport, Honorable Deputy Minister of Transport, Honorable Chief Whip of the NCOP, Honorable House Chairpersons, Honorable Permanent Delegates, and Honorable Special Delegates. The railway network has been built as a backbone of the South African land transport system since the early 90s. Even during this democratic dispensation, the rail mode has continued to play an important role both to freight sector and to commuter passenger network. 
The failure of the mode has serious consequences for the transport sector and the ability of the economy to grow. The failure even impinges on the tax revenue for government. As a result, this mode cannot be allowed to underperform, let alone fail. Curiously, it seems when there are major strides made in the passenger sector, difficulties emerge on the freight sector. Success can only be defined both prospering uh, from uh, the freight and passenger railway networks simultaneously. The improvements by the Passenger Railway Agency of South Africa, the Dispraza, have been undermined and overshadowed by the departure of executive leadership at Transnet. South Africa needs both these institutions to succeed and not to do as different times or at each other's expense. Salga remains firm in the view that transport, both in the terms of access and mobility, must be treated as a basic human right as it is indispensable to enjoyment of the many of the rights enshrined in the Bill of Rights. Consequently, the care and commitment exercised in the success of both freight and passenger rail must reflect this importance. South African local government supports and encourages progress that has been made to restore commuter rail operations. Even more refreshing is the improved access to such services through affordable fares. For example, the service from Aiden H and Kibera has a flat fee of nine rand one way. It costs 12 rand 50 to travel one way from Mabupani to Johannesburg, which is a distance of over 90 kilometers. Salga also knows the delays in restoring services on major corridors in metropolitan areas due to challenges of occupation of the railway reserve. The provision of the Prevention of the Illegal Eviction Act are now helpful to restore major services that are used by thousands of commuters. The PIE Act must be reviewed and it is the responsibility of the legislative arm of the state to do so. The restoration of the infrastructure should not just be on the areas that the service offered, but be also transformed into a service that supports other government initiatives, such as special transformation, better integration of transport and land use, better use of the current funding mechanisms, economic growth, dealing with unemployment, especially amongst the youth and women. The current approach by Prasa seems intent only on restoring the services as they were before the difficulties. The idea of modernization must not be limited to technology, but also incorporate important ideas as espoused in the integrated urban development framework, which includes making our cities better places to live in. The restoration and modernization project must also be used as an opportunity to implement some of the projects that were intended to improve the service prior to the recent challenges. Salga knows the important pronouncements of the devolution of urban rail functions to local government. This is welcome and should be done in a manner that allows an improvement of the general urban transport system through integrated planning and implementation by metros of all key transport modes which include rail. Salga is participating in the process of the developing a framework for devolution of these functions. 
This framework must consider the status quo on revitalization and modernization. Ideally, the devolution should occur after Prasa has managed to restore the service to their levels before these current challenges. The provisions of the Municipal Systems Act on devolutions or assignment of functions by other spheres must apply. The conditions for assignment must not be cumbersome and bandersome to local government. Otherwise, local government will inherit difficulties which will not be easy to resolve. Salga notes current challenges such as transnet debt, which must be resolved by Praza, the Department of Transport, and more importantly, National Treasury, before the devolution can occur. The agreements between Praza and Transnet must be renegotiated for a more equitable responsibility between the two entities and with the spirit of cooperative governance. The draft public transport subsidy policy must also consider the funding and the delay that has necessitated the revitalization and modernization project by Praza. A significant component of both the capital and operational subsidy is being used to restore services instead of modernizing the service. The combination with low-paying passenger numbers has put an acute pressure on the size of the subsidy available to the rail. The decline on the revenue for Praza has been at a higher rate than the government increases operational subsidy. The poor performance for rail has also created unnecessary complications as commuters have migrated to the minibus taxi industry, thus increasing its overall modal share. This has increased the voices of an operational subsidy for minibus taxis. This is based on the failure of the rail mode than any standalone argument. The sooner rail services get back to their levels, the better and clearer the argument on public transport subsidy policy. The pending introduction of an economic regulator in the rail sector is important to ensure better use of the current subsidies. The current approach leads to operational complacency. The economic regulation of transport bill is pending to serve before this house and one past should assist to address these challenges. Currently, process faces the following three challenges. Security, restoration, and funding. It is acknowledged that these problems are also interrelated. There are opportunities of collaboration on all fronts between Praza and local government to assist the processes of retaining the rail mode as the backbone of urban commuter transport. Metropolitan municipalities that have police force can be engaged on how they can assist in securing the rail reserve, especially on areas where Praza has just completed restoration and is continuing with restoration. Salga can engage with the Department of Transport and Praza to present a consolidated view on the prevention of unlawful entry bill. This can be combined with dealing with difficulties on the Prevention of Illegal Eviction Act. The proposed Railway Safety Bill can be utilized to broaden the definition of safety to include security of assets, including access to the rail reserve. Salga supports the restoration project such that the devolution occurs under better conditions. Salga supports an optimum use of existing funding as a basis of increased funding for rail. The policy position on migration freight from road to rail cannot succeed if Transnet continues 
to be under a leadership cloud and uncertainty. Freight and logistics customers require certainty of delivery of their cargo. Rail is an integral part of the logistics value chain. The failure of the rail network will have negative impact on the completion between the different ports in the South African development community that is SADC. Our ports are competing with ports from neighboring countries. These countries can mobilize to deliver more reliable value chains and take market share from the current transnet market. Finally, Honorable Chairperson, the transport sector must act with care, diligence, speed, and accuracy to revitalize and modernize both freight logistics and commuter rail network. The process must be prioritized and expedited as reflected by its importance. The failure of these networks will hold the economy at ransom with grave consequences. May all stakeholders cooperate in the best interest of the economy and the country. I thank you. Thank you, Councillor Mabale. Thank you. The next speaker is Honorable Selane, Deputy Chair of Chairs in Limpopo, who is also a member of the Portfolio Committee of Transport and Community Safety. Honorable Selane. On the virtual platform. Five, four, three, two, one. Uh, I'll now invite Honorable Pungane on the virtual platform. Um, thank you so much, um, Chairperson, um, Honorable Minister, Honorable Members. The situation regarding our country's railway network is grim, and unfortunately, as per usual, those bearing the brand are ordinary South Africans. The 20,000 kilometers of railway that crisscross our country once served as a symbol of our nation's mining might as it carried trains loaded with coal and iron ore that were heading to China, India, and other markets. However, over the past five years, the volume of cargo carried by Africa's biggest rail network has collapsed by a third. The container rail line between Deben and Gauteng is a key route for South Africa's imports, and it also transports cars from automotive plants and other manufactured goods to the port. The rail line running from South Africa's biggest container port to its richest province ran at 25% of its capacity earlier this year because of theft, vandalism, and rail damage. During this time, the 688-kilometer line from the port of Devon to Gauteng only operated for 36 hours over six days. Furthermore, statistics South Africa's latest land and transport survey indicated that there were 46 million fewer train trips in June 2023 than there were a decade ago. Honorable Chairperson, since as far back as 2009, the IFP has repeatedly called for state-owned enterprises to be privatized or for greater consideration 
to be given to public-private partnerships. Regardless of the 14-year delay, the IFP welcomes Transnet collaboration with the Development Bank of Southern Africa to prepare projects for private participation. We also welcome the proposed plan to allow private operators to manage ports and key rail lines, as they would also be responsible for modernizing the dilapidated infrastructure. The revitalization and modernization, perhaps it would be better suited to say the resuscitation of our country's rail network cannot be left to the government. We have painfully borne witness to the regression of our country's railway networks under this government. Therefore, we need to start seeking out leading companies in the transport industry to not only draw best practices from, but also to take over the management and ownership of the rail networks. I thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Pungane. The next speaker is Honorable Lond on a virtual platform. Honorable Good Lond. Afternoon, House Chair, and uh, afternoon to all the colleagues. Um, Honorable Chair, Honorable Minister, and Honorable Members. Wherever one travels in the world, one of the key features of a functioning city, a region or a country versus an economically struggling area is the effective functioning of the public transport system. However, it goes beyond this. The backbone of this system is a functioning rail network that ensures that the effective commuting of its people as well as the mass movement of goods is done on time and at as little cost as possible. As mentioned by the Honorable Moimang, the rail infrastructure severely affected by the recent flooding is something we cannot deny. Natural disasters happen across the world, with heartbreaking images and stories resonating across the globe. In South Africa, we are not spared these phenomena. And recent examples of flooding in three of our provinces, namely the Eastern Cape, KZN, and here in the Western Cape. The big difference and the often overlooked stories are the efficiency with which governments tackle the aftermath of these disasters. I recently traveled in the Eastern Cape, where the roads are in a horrific condition and the rail infrastructure, as mentioned by Honorable Moimang, is still crippled more than 18 months after the deadly floods that swept through the area. This is a direct result of a failed crony state under the ANC, who prioritized jobs for incompetent pals through the CADA Deployment Committee. Contrast this to the flooding that affected the Western Cape just last month at the end of September, at the end of September, with some completely washed away roads, such as the one near McGregor, already reopened weeks ahead of schedule. The above is but one example why it is important to keep fighting for the devolution of powers to competent governments as close as possible to the people. Road and rail networks are the arteries that provide the economic lifeblood needed in our country, a country that is struggling under crippling unemployment and this is due to the failed ANC policies. Unfortunately, these arteries are clocked by the fat cats in the ANC who would rather ensure a tender reaches a connected friend or family member instead of the most competent person for the job, which in turn will benefit every single citizen in the area of implementation. Consequences of a failed centrally controlled state via the Thule House goes beyond the damage to our economy. It, it exacerbates the problems we face with an already tenuous social fabric that we need to guard against tearing. 
It is not acceptable that under the mismanagement of Prasa, thousands, if not millions of commuters must waste several hours more every month away from their loved ones, spending significantly more of their disposable income on transport because the once functioning rail network is now servicing only a fraction of the citizens it used to. It is not an alien concept to devolve the powers of a functioning metro rail to the city or province. In fact, Section 99 of the Constitution clearly states that a cabinet member may assign any power or function to a member of a provincial executive council or municipal council. It is important to ensure that with the necessary authority, the resources must flow. Otherwise, it is setting competent governments up for failure. Urgent measures are needed to rebuild our country. A government founded on transparency, competence, and a care for the social fabric. The easiest and quickest way to fix it is to ensure that those who have a proven track record of getting delivery get a mandate through the devolution and the accompanying resources to look after the commuters and, by extension, the families and communities. A growing economy will be incredibly difficult if we do not unclog the arteries by removing the ANC blockage. We have one opportunity through the Moonshot Pact to take hands and achieve this. I thank you. Thank you. The next speaker is Honorable Khai. Honorable Khai. Your mic, Honorable Khai. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Honorable House Chairperson. Greetings to you. Uh, greetings to House Chairperson Nguenya. Uh, 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 greetings to the Minister and the Honorable Members. I've always uh, known uh, that uh, the members like tea, but I never uh, thought that they like it so much that uh, they even ignore the debates uh, in the House. Honorable Chairperson, when we look at the policy as the African National Congress, uh, some of the issues that we look at is whether the policy is able to create jobs, uh, investment, uh, deal with unemployment, and also the inclusive growth. That's what we focus on. Um, so that uh, when we debate we are guided by whether the police is able to achieve those things. And none of the speakers uh, from the opposition have said anything with regard uh, to these issues. So I'll be focusing on those issues as I'm going, uh, on the issue of investment, how this uh, policy, uh, the white paper uh, on, nas- on national rail uh, policy uh, is dealing with these issues that I'm talking about uh, with regard to the modernization, revitalization um, the, of the uh, rail network. <clears throat> but also I just want to to raise the point, uh, perhaps to respond to the issue that was raised by uh, Honorable Boshoff. You see, when they don't have uh, issues uh, to to deal with, um, now government has plans. Now they can't in, uh, deal with these plans, but they now say these plans are ambitious because their plans are there and we'll be talking to how these plans are being implemented. 
I'm sure the chairperson of the select committee uh, will be able to, uh, as a committee, to take us to these corridors uh, so that the uh, members themselves can see that these are not just ambitious uh, plans. Uh, these are practical matters that uh, are part of the plans of government that are implementable so that even when we, we go to these uh, uh, sites, we could also have our own select committees after having uh, uh, inspected the, the corridors. Uh, I hope that the House Chairperson uh, will support that, the House Chair uh, of Committees. Chair, I, I think uh, the, there's a new member from the uh, EFF. Uh, uh, he has gone, but uh, maybe you can convey the message. Um, uh, I don't... I, want, I don't want to respond to some of the politicking, which is normal in the House. Uh, but the issue of uh, the cancer is a very serious issue. Um, you, you, she's giving an impression that uh, the African National Congress doesn't care about breast cancer uh, in particular. Uh, referring to the motion uh, that was presented by Honorable Jamini uh, in the House uh, last week. The ANC supported that motion, but it wanted to make an amendment. Uh, Honorable Chief, we wanted to make an amendment, but the EFF refused. So that's how then that motion was rejected. Not the issue of the breast cancer, but the other issues that uh, she brought together trying to rubbish the African National Congress. The issue of devolution of uh, 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 of devolution uh, strategy is in the white paper. So we'd like to invite uh, members uh, of the opposition. Maybe they must have uh, that document. It's 110 pages. Maybe some of them will be lazy to go through it. Because um, some of the issues that they're raising, they are contained in that uh, uh, white paper. Um, so please, they must not be lazy uh, to read. I know it's 110 uh, it's, you know, it may be, may be difficult to go through 110 pages. Um, Honorable Chairperson, uh, rail is a key driver for economic growth and is a key input for integrated, for integrated economic activity. In fact, uh, Honorable, uh, uh, now you remind me, Honorable uh, Lont, you were just repeating the same speech uh, that you, you made uh, in the budget vote. Uh, about the situation in the Eastern Cape when we responded to that uh, in the budget vote debate. So you don't have a speech, but you are just uh, uh, repeating what you said in the budget vote debate. The rail connects manufacturing and production in different parts of the country with markets. This becomes more important in the context of market concentration in the country where mining and agriculture is concentrated in the land provinces, uh, inland provinces, and requires rail to reach markets in different parts of the country and the coast for export. Freight rail enables transporting raw materials over long distances, such as paper, wood, grain, chemicals, metallic products, etc., and moving passengers and freight, that is cars, agricultural equipment, processed agricultural products, etc. Rail also ensures the efficient movement of people to engage in economic and other social activities. 
This become critical for working class and the poor communities who depend on rail public transport. The ANC government's approach uh, economically is driven by the necessity to ensure inclusive economic growth through the implementation of the economic reconstruction and recovery plan. This means reversing the historical injustice of apartheid past and dealing with the challenges of poverty, inequality, unemployment, and historic exclusion. I'm sure you had a nice tea there. The key components of the economic reconstruction and recovery plan is infrastructure development, of which rail is a key component. The local industrial development, the district development model, and to ensure job creation. The transport sector currently makes an important contribution, listen to this, 6.5% to GDP and employs directly and indirectly nearly 500,000 people. So we talk numbers here. In 2020, the South African transport storage and communication sector contributed with an added value of approximately two uh, 231.9 billion rands. That's investment. This is no small economic contribution, Honorable Badenos. The restoration, revitalization, and modernization will further grow the contribution of rail, of the GDP, and will enable further job creation through rail infrastructure development. The restoration of rail commenced with the announcement by the president in Sona in to, of 2020, as I, my colleagues have uh, uh, said, on the restoration of the Mabopane and Central Lines. The reopening of Mabopane line has occurred and the rail services has been restored, while the Central Line in Cape Town is partially restored, as Honorable uh, Mushodi indicated and would have been fully restored if alternative accommodation was found for informal dwellers within the rail servitude. You see, this uh, when there are challenges in local government in the Western Cape, whether it's uh, transport, uh, taxis, uh, whether it's this issue of uh, occupation uh, of land, it did the national government to come and intervene. I'm sure with the challenges now of uh, the homelessness, which is worse in the Western Cape, it will require the national government to come and uh, intervene. Prasa targeted four rail corridors uh, for restoration, and 16 have been reopened. Uh, the minister has uh, mentioned uh, all these uh, uh, corridors. In this financial year, 31 out of 40 rail corridors will be reopened. This occurred through investment in the rail infrastructure, which furthermore created jobs in the economy, not just a plan. There are jobs that have been created. To date, Prasa has invested, that's the investment we're talking about, 367 billion rands in rail recovery, including refurbishment of the rail stations. Moreover, this investment facilitated the creation, listen to this, 6,040 jobs. Out of this figure, 856 are women and over 4,000 employment opportunities were created for young people. The investment in the opening up of rail corridors 
has further created 1,000 jobs from the mother well and another 325 uh, from the Greenview uh, Pinar Sport Rail Extension. A further 2,004 jobs from Metro Relay and 1,005 from Shosholoza Mail through improved services and station upgrades were realized. We're talking numbers then. As part of revitalization and modernization of the rail infrastructure, there has been the construction of a more than 1 billion train manufacturing factory in Nigel in Ekuruleni Metropolis, employing about 1,500 people, 99% of whom are South Africans, 85% historically disadvantaged individuals, and 25% women. This facility is producing state-of-the-art extrapolis mega commuter rails at the Kibela Bespoke Factory. Government is spending some 51 billion on new rolling stock and 4 billion on new hybrid locomotives in the next five years period. To date, Brasa has taken delivery of 13 of the 70 new locomotives. Some 13 billion rand is being spent to upgrade signaling systems. A 13.5 billion subsidy in the medium term for Shosholoza Mail and Metro Rail is being spent with major spin-offs of 500 million passenger trips in six metros and 700,000 long-distance passengers. This is intended to boost the number of people utilizing rail as means of transport. This also has an added benefit of boosting tourism in the country through the long-distance train services. Moreover, the increase in the price of air travel since the COVID-19 pandemic makes the economic viability of long-distance train services more attractive and has a competitive advantage which must be capitalized upon. Honorable House Chairperson, this is evidence in relation to the revitalization and modernization of the railway system in the country, the benefit of which will spin off in all countries. This is a major investment in infrastructure development and job creation for the revitalization of modernization of rail. The revitalization and modernization of rail has occurred, but critical issues is to complete the process of restoration, revitalization, and modernization, whilst optimizing the operational usage of rail assets to increase revenue, ensure job creation, and inclusive economic growth through implementation of the vision of the white paper on rail, which is captured uh, in the new rail policy. On the new rail policy, the policy vision contained in the white paper on rail has enabled the development of the new rail policy. With the restoration, revitalization, and modernization of railway, the new policy seeks to optimize the utilization of rail infrastructure and assets in relation to freight rail, commuter rail, and long-distance rail services. The critical economic point that rail as a mode of transport has economies of scale in the movement of people, goods, and freight. Rail links people to markets, and acts to integrate economic activity as all cities and provinces are connected by rail. 
This will enable microeconomic development through the district development model and ensure increased exports. The inland provinces where mining is concentrated has experienced rail freight challenges due to lack of locomotives. This has a negative impact on the economy of the country, especially during a minerals boom, as it reduces mining production and revenue to the fiscals. The new rail policy encourages private and public partnership, at the point that uh, Honorable Hadebe uh, uh, of the IFP was referring to. This is contained in the policy, the point that we were raising. However, this does not mean privatization, rather ensuring operational optimization of the usage of rail assets. The, this economic efficiency of certain assets will increase the revenue for the transfer freight rail as well as the, for the fiscals through the rate transport optimization. And this ensures national economic gain. I thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, Honorable Khai. I'll now invite the Honorable Minister of Transport, Honorable Chikunga. Uh, thank you, uh, Chairperson. Let me take this opportunity to thank all the honourable members who participated in this debate. We listened carefully to your inputs and were taking some notes. Uh, I do agree with Honourable Muimang and MEC Mandlandlovu, who both actually are saying we do need to move rail-friendly cargo from road to rail. And I also agree with almost everything that they said. Honorable Boshov, Boshov, we welcome your commitment to monitor the work that we are doing, particularly when it comes to recovering of corridors, installing uh, a signal, um, recovering the passenger rail in South Africa. We're doing it. We're very clear about what we're doing. We're not talking about plans. We're talking about implementation, that which we are doing. Just this morning, we're opening here in Cape Town a building which is going to accommodate students. It's happening. It's not in plan. It is already happening. But of course, even before you conclude your speech, you then contradicted yourself. If, for instance, you pay, you care, about people that are spending more on transport, surely you would have uh, advised the metro, which is led by DA here, not to return money that was meant to relocate people from the reserves to where they're supposed to be accommodated in formal houses. You don't care. They are still there in shacks and using one toilet, sharing with 20 families. That you have done. So you can't say that. The city of Cape Town, you have not told them. They continue to act unlawfully by impounding taxis when the National Road Traffic Act does not carry such a sanction of impoundment. There is no weight on that legislation called impoundment. But you are doing it. You are saying nothing about it. They are paying hundreds of money, thousands and thousands of money. You are talking about you being, I mean, caring about people. You don't care about them. Honorable Habangwani, 
Uh, I listened carefully to your speech. I wish you can actually request that we debate uh, a public transport. Uh, maybe you sponsor that. We can then come back. I will not be able maybe to respond to respond to those. I think your your debate was a little bit misplaced. But we are on record on actions we have taken to root out malfeasance at Prasa. So it's not correct and true that we're doing nothing about that. We've done a lot. And Prasa is changing for the better. Honorable Brain, it is not true that rail network started deteriorating uh, 29 years ago. It's not true. As a matter of fact, the very fact that in South Africa we've got narrow gauge, it tells you that those who constructed rail from the beginning were not constructing it for the sake of growing the economy, but it was just for them to transport the cheap labor from wherever to the mines in Gauteng and, and Kimberley for them to take gold and, 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 and that. That is exactly what you did. It is this government of the African National Congress. In fact, the 1986 Dividers Commission uh, was a masterpiece in destroying rail services in South Africa. It is this government that is paying billions of money to recover the rail services in South Africa. It is us that we are doing even today. We will continue to do it because it is infrastructure. You invest on a continuous basis on infrastructure. Uh, I, I also want to, to mention that you can't, you can't, you can't pretend as if you didn't hear what we are saying. Um, Honorable Lund, public transport on time is true, is true. And that is why we are installing signaling so that we don't authorize manually. We authorize using signaling so that we can run as many trains as it is possible. So we're doing it. And I gave you the, 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 the specific projects that we are in, 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 in installing and others we have already installed. We, we therefore are beginning to run efficient passenger rail services because of the signaling. So that is already happening. But of course, you speak about the potholes. I fully agree. We do have challenges in our road, 750 road network. I mean, 750,000 kilometer road network is indeed too much for a country that is developing. But go to Kayelicha and not just see the potholes, but see the sinkholes that are there, the debt that people live on. In Kayelicha, go there. Don't talk about this road that we are seeing here, that some are maintained by us, the M3 road. So go there and see the rot that is there. It is actually happening. The people of South Africa know they are liberated. They know the organization that took them out of the oppression. They will always vote for the ANC. And ANC is going to come back being a winner, you can claim the ANC will come back to rule South Africa. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Honorable delegates, that concludes the debate and the business of the day. I would like to take this opportunity to thank the Minister Honorable Chikunga, MECs, permanent delegates, all special delegates and SALGA representatives for availing themselves for the sitting. The House is adjourned. Thank you very much.